Yep. Shout out to everybody out in the world listening, tuning in every week per usual. The CA Podcast. If you're new, I appreciate you. Make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on audio platforms, make sure to leave a review. And make sure to check out the visual on YouTube. We're there every week. Club Ambitions, the YouTube channel. And make sure to also, also, also show love to the Chub Corner. Hey. Here, per usual, Marlon <laughs> and Earl and the producers <laughs> doing their thing. Episode 34. You know what I'm saying? To the Chubs. 34 episodes in. Um, you know, doing our thing per usual. And this week you have a special guest, um, someone that I love having conversations with. A mutual friend, one of my best friends of lifelong, has, you know, been connected with him through blood uh, for a while. Uh, basically her whole, because you're older than her, obviously, so her whole <laughs> yeah, life, yeah, her I'm whole uncle. life, you've been her uncle. He's <laughs> not, been her her, cousin, not, yeah, not her cousin. Yeah, not her cousin. You know, and a very interesting mind that I've had conversations with, very knowledgeable of everything that's happening in the city when it comes to especially politics, um, actual laws, actual things that matter on a day-to-day basis, actual changes. You know, he's a great person to ask any advice when it comes to this, and he has a lot of things going on himself, a young entrepreneur. And, yeah, appreciate him joining this week to cover a couple topics and conversations. Travis Escobar. Thank hey. you, thank you, thank you. I got the, I got the suit to match. Got the suit. The he had a busy day, so he's wearing a suit today. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was saying the 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 first person, the first guest to to, to wear a suit. To and wear a yeah, suit, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Let's yeah. See. You know, <laughs> let's pre- let's pretend like you that. just wore it for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's feel special. That's why I kind of thought I was like, okay, <laughs> this guy's taking this shit serious. He came with a suit, but then it's like, oh no, he had a suit day. He was suit working day. around. He just said, let's keep it on, and I respect it. But let's pretend. That you came for the suits for us only. Hey, black and red, matching the black and red, matching the, the logo. Background. You know, doing yeah. your thing. You know, inspiring us to you know maybe pull a suit out or two in the near future. Nah, you dress fly. You dress. You know, fly. trying <laughs> you our best. Yeah, yeah, trying our best. You know, it's gonna be hard uh, getting Marlon in a suit, but we're gonna try to pull it off. We're gonna try to one day all wear suits in here. <laughs> Good luck with that. Bro. <laughs> That's gonna be crazy. Call, call it the suit corner after that. The suit not, corner. I am not a suit person, bro. <laughs> I wear that shit once. It was for what was. Prom, the prom night. He did prom wear one for prom night. I gave that shit away the next day. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Are you looking fly? Oh, nice and special. With the blue. Remember, he had the blue. Man, yeah, fuck the that blue, shit. The light blue. The gold, the gold too. The light blue and gold was next really nice. Listen, next time you're going to see me with a suit, it's going to be my wedding. That's hey. it. Oh, God bless. That's hey. good. You know, if I, I thought I, you were going to say some negative yeah, shit. Yeah, I thought you were going to say funeral. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Damn, God damn, I don't know why. Married, I think. You know, nah, I would hope so. Wait, what'd you say? One of us. Nah, what, that's nah, gonna be a while from now? Nah. Yeah, anyone, anyone, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Alright, you know. Someone's Man, wedding. This motherfucker Someone's said wedding. in my casket, bro. <laughs> no. You know what? I better not have a suit in my casket. You want oh. No, I don't. Yeah. How you wanna rock? You wanna how you wanna rock in the casket? Bro, this is a birthday suit, bro. A birthday day. Make it? One leaf. One leaf with back to Make it? That bunny shit. Oh my god. What the fuck? I never heard that. Yeah. Hey, what the hell? Oh, you won't, you won't put that in your will. <laughs> watch, I watch. I mean, that that'll be funny though, cause, cause like the whole family were like, oh, that'll be like a humorous thing, like, yeah. oh wow, like he's still entertaining us. Unfortunately, when he's fucking, <laughs> unfortunately, when he's Yo. fucking dead, is like, god damn, it doesn't knock, get knock on wood. Bro. Knock, knock on, on wood. wood. God bless. That's very, very gruesome. Yo. Um, but it's good to start off a bit lighthearted. We're gonna ask uh, Travis uh, some more personal questions towards the end, but we're gonna start off um, with the style of Rhode Island topics first, local topics, and then we're gonna get to cultural topics. Um, 
But yeah, it was good to start off lighthearted because there's definitely some sad news, unfortunately, happening, especially close to home, literally in our hometown. Um, rest in peace to these four kids who have passed away in a car accident. They're young adults, but I say kids because they're very young souls. Rest in peace. Um, there was an accident that happened last week, May 31st. It was reported in Connecticut. There was a crash. Five people uh, were injured. Four of them passed away, and one of them is seriously and um, is still in serious condition, critical condition in the hospital. Um, and their names are right here: 21-year-old Jaslyn Perez, 21-year-old Erica Perez. They were sisters. 21-year-old Lisandra Terrero Alemonte uh, was killed in an accident. All three. Um, and they might be. Uh, oh, the driver right here, Johan Santana, 18-year-old Johan from Providence, the youngest one. He was a driver. Has also passed away. Uh, Rinel Alfonso Lopez, 21-year-old from East Providence, is the one in critical condition. Rest in peace to those fallen four lives, specifically as well. Um, I know my sister was friends with um, Yas Yasiel and then Johan. I think she went to school. Yaslin and Johan, she went to school with. Um, he was a PCTA student, I think, from what I remember her telling me. So, and he's my sister's age, too, 18 years old. So that was very sad news to hear. The city was mourning their death especially so many lives like all together in an unfortunate situation because yes you know there's there's alleged drinking and driving whatever the rumors may be but then also they weren't wearing their seat belts by the end of the day they were having you know a good time trying to be you know kids with their friends on the lake and then that's how life is one moment you're here and one moment you're gone so you got to appreciate it while you're here and yeah man prayers for everybody let's be safe this summer let's hopefully not hear any more stories like this at all i thought it was rumors at first i saw everybody tweeting these names like rest in peace rest in peace to this person i'm like what is going on there was no, no no stories about it but then in the morning i'm searching on facebook and then the stories the stories are there and it was like what is a crash in connecticut i'm like what it's not even in rhode island what's going on so very sad news to hear um they had a fundraiser last night i heard it went well at the levels levels lounge i believe where they uh, a couple of them worked from 3 to 6 p.m., they had a fundraiser. They raised a lot of money for the families. Um, the GoFundMes as well. The GoFundMes are, are getting a good amount of money uh, raised. Good for them, for the families, for the funerals and stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's very sad. Imagine that, having to bury your child, uh, especially, like, the 18-year-old because he's the youngest, the 18-year-old driver. But just in general, you know, you hear your kids, you let them go out, hang out with their friends, and, like, they're having a great time. Obviously, it's summertime. But then you get the phone call. Unfortunately, they passed away in a car accident. Like, that is, like as gut-wrenching as it gets like that's that's very crazy so prayers for those providence rhode island individuals right there that have passed away um you know you guys none of you you didn't know them, none of them right or heard of, heard of none of them Nah, i didn't we thought at first it was the erica from classical but it wasn't yeah, nah, identical name erica mm. which is yeah, crazy the with same. the k and everything i didn't know none of them but um yeah please don't drink and drive now, allegedly, that's what was mm -hmm. happening. So please don't drink and drive. Call somebody, get picked up, Uber, anything. And wear your seatbelt, too. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's getting hot, mm -hmm. whatever. But it saves lives. It, it, nah, it really yeah. does. So please, like, you know, take care of yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I think when I, I saw that I saw that story broke, um, and I, I don't know any of the individuals personally, it, it kind of it, it hits a chord when you see a story like that, because I think about when I was in college, partying. There's actually there's actually very few people 
that I don't know, they don't have an experience where they had a close call. Whether mm. it was, I got a friend, very successful, survived a really dangerous, you know, drunken driving experience. Again, very young. This is the same age as as these as these kids here, these youth, you know, these these young people here. And I, I had I had an experience party down at a URI um, club. I'm forgetting the name. Bonview, Bonview Club. Mm. Bon- yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a club down there against it. Again, very young. One of those days. Yeah. I, I, I was just about to start a paid internship. I hustled for um, a couple of my people. All either have family, successful things like that. You know, one of those things where you get Wendy's. You think like you've calmed down. You think what you know after a long night drinking party, whatever. Uh, we got wheel pop. Got spun around. I remember that. I remember that. I guess I'm like, oh, is this is this it? And I've always worn my seatbelt. Yeah. I've had a I've had a I had a mentor that I'm not driving unless you put your seatbelt on. Yeah. But before it was a culture of like you, you take the seatbelt off, you low, be you cool, know, you're low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, fashion, yeah, cool. fashion, and whatnot. <laughs> Had my seatbelt on, but I had a, had a friend didn't have the seatbelt on. I remember them getting risen up um, on the passenger seat. They spun around, crashed. Every, everyone was fine. Everyone was fine. But I thought I was like, "Damn, if 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 something happened, like we're you know we're not here, we we would joke around that like the team, the whole team almost got lost." So when I when I saw that, I think about those experiences. I think about all the stories that that I've heard, and I don't know what necessarily you do in terms of like i almost you know we joked about my niece i almost want to text my niece and been like yo don't don't drive with someone if they're drinking no and i already know her response would be it should be like i know i know but i yeah i don't i don't I remind just our i mean r.i.p but it's just one of those things where i know too many examples and and thankfully the people i know that have been okay and it's just sad because you know if if something unfortunate happened to me in that experience, right? It's just young people lost, and you know the people the people that that were in that car, successful people right now. And the one thing that stuck with me that even gives me chills right now is like a loss of potential. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't know what those young people were gonna end up being, and that's that's a sad thing. I think I think one, I heard one of the people were involved with. You know, leader, uh, youth leadership. The mayor, like, knew that uh, one of the individuals. I don't, I don't know the name, but it's one of the things like you don't know what these potential these people are, and I don't know. I, I don't also know how you put safeguards yeah. on on things like this. Yeah. No, it's very true. I would say definitely advocate for at least the seatbelt usage. You know, every time you're in a car with people, make sure everyone's wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. That's the minimal thing you can really do. Because to be honest, and to be very blunt. I know people that literally drink and drive every weekend. Like it's like it's like a common thing. Like even if it's like a little bit of s- you're sipping on something, you're still drinking and driving. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not necessarily drunk, but people drink and drive all the time. So you know, it sucks. I definitely would say try your best not to, but at minimal rate, wear your fucking seatbelt. Yeah. Like wear your seatbelt always. Like you're in a car. Like driving is so dangerous. Like yeah. you could be not drunk and innocent. And you get rammed by an idiot. Like, random people just drive bad and just hit you. And then God, you know, that might be your day, God forbid. But just please wear your seatbelt because at least you get that safety precaution. You know, because I think a lot of airbags don't even go off if you don't even have your seatbelt. So if you don't even wear your seatbelt, sometimes the airbag won't even go off. So it's like you're limiting your safety completely. Mm -hmm. You know, you're preventing a potential, you know, actual safety net that can save your life in that moment. But, you know, people don't know. People be stubborn sometimes, like, oh, 
put the seatbelt behind your back or whatever that weird shit about. Fuck that. I wear that shit on my chin. Even if it hurts, <laughs> I'll fucking wear that shit right there. If it fucking feel uncomfortable, you got to wear that shit. And yeah, I go like this. Make sure it's tight. <laughs> like you got to like that. Pull on it. Because sometimes it's too loose. It's like you, you're not really, you're not making it work. You got to make that shit work. You know, but yeah, that shit's very serious. And also shout out to Rhode Island. Speaking of kids, Rhode Island co- uh, schools are getting death threats. Rhode Island schools are getting death threats or threats in general, let's say. And this district communications of emails, uh, teachers. This has happened in Rhode Island and specifically also Massachusetts. Police were investigating. Um, this happened, I believe, last Friday. And there was an incident that happened recently at Nathaniel Green that has been locally controversial. The mayor and a lot of teachers and students, um, student um, parents are calling for the principal's actual resigning because of that situation with the handgun that was allegedly seen but not reported fast enough. And then the, the scare of the teachers, the confusion between the teachers, staff, and actual parents picking up the kids. But then afterwards now we've gotten which I'm hearing allegedly was actually a parent that might have called in to one of the schools. And some people were saying it was John. Do we have a school ride called John F.K. or something like that? Like JFK, something yeah, John. Yeah, my, my niece uh, goes there. John, yeah, so it was like, what? Well, I think I heard that school was mentioned as one of the schools that got the threats. I think, I think it's, it's, I should know this. I think it's Robert F. Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's John yeah. F. Kennedy's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was one of the Kennedy brothers. Mount, Mount Pleasant area. Yeah. Yeah. In, in that area. Yeah, so one of those schools um, specifically was allegedly a part of this situation that got the threats, but everybody be safe, you know. Um, I say when it comes to shit like that specifically, though, because one thing is obviously you go out, you could be safe by your own, do your own thing, but when it comes to, like, schools and kids, if you're getting threats, I'm surprised, like, they would don't pull the plug. Like, I would call just remote learning, do remote learning for this whole week. I would do it, but then some people see that as too dramatic, and I get it, but it's like if you're getting threats, as a parent, I'm looking at that shit like, Hold the fuck up. Yeah, I, I don't want to send my fucking kid to that, bro. Yeah. The moment they did that shit, they called, like, my sister-in-law and she, like, thought to go pick up my niece and shit. And I was like, yo, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even fucking send them to school. Mm-hmm. Regardless of it being a threat, a joke, or whatever the fuck it is, fuck that with everything that's happening right now. Yeah. I'm not taking a fucking chance. That's the thing, fuck knowing here, all the circumstances with schools all around in the country, like, man, that's not something you could just take lightly. Especially how the yeah. cops have been treating it like it's nothing, and and it's it's like it's it's children. You feel me? So you got to take this shit more serious because yeah. they've done that shit at my job. They they've called and made fucking threats and shit like that. And we've locked up and like waited on TV like yo like you see motherfuckers and pull up and shit like that. It's happened to me. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you know it's different. It's, you know us our our age we can try to handle a little bit different. But kids, bro. Yeah, yeah it's too risky kids. with kids because it like, happens with like even like on a playful level with like uh streamers what's it called swatting swatting yeah. they yeah, do that with streamers with like uh, gamers and stuff online people will call in like they'll find out their area the, the, the location that they live the house and they'll call in police and like just lie and then there'll be like a swat team th- during a live stream that happens a lot so people jokingly do that but when it comes to kids it's like i hope nobody's really joking and i also hope that no one's even doing it in general but i would take it serious no matter what you i know, think there's 100%. there's gonna be some accountability when it comes to the specifically it's like i don't want to be biased but it's like specifically the at least the providence school department like something needs to be done where it comes to that like no no news no news uh outlets reported this like i was the only one that really posted it locally and at the same time i was speaking to parents that were going through this i was speaking to teachers that were dming me like yeah this has really happened and i was confused like why hasn't no local news station reported this like that was very odd the nathaniel green situation the same thing it took them like a day later to report it and it's like Hmm. There seems to be 
this weird energy. So a, a couple of thoughts. Um, I'm on, I'm on the school board. I don't know. If oh, really? Yeah, so I'm, on, I'm on the private school board. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so was it your fault, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so and what's we, your, what's your, uh, what's your position there? And we have, uh, um, so just to give more context, we have, we're currently, the private school is under uh, a state takeover. I don't know if, mm. I don't know if y'all. No idea. Let, let me know where I should stop. Okay. So new management? So yeah. new management. New management. So, uh, Right now, Providence Schools, and this happened uh, right before the pandemic, uh, went under the control of, of the state. So the, the, the current government around the Department of Education, uh, our commissioner, um, uh, Angelica Infante Green, uh, they have the, the, the control over uh, Providence Schools. And as a school board member, so I'm appointed by the mayor, I was appointed to, uh, by the mayor pre uh, take over. Mm. Um, essentially, we're in a, an advisory board aspect, but we've been hearing, you know, we've been getting updates as much as as much as we can, and um, the school board uh, definitely wants to have one an accountability structure on anything that's being sort of controlled or you know m- maybe even mismanaged in, in some aspects um for the school district but also want to praise things that that go well right uh, under this takeover and the reason why this takeover uh happened is uh providence schools has been underperforming for for decades and there was uh sort of an aspect politically to take over the school district and change a lot of the aspects of the teacher contract um i won't get too far in depth into that aspect other than um, I think the individuals that want to do that want to have higher accountability mm. uh, for for teachers and also change some of the seniority aspects of, of labor union mm. um, um, contracts. And I think in general, just try to increase a higher quality uh, education workforce um, in, in, in the schools and individuals that are in that policy field can debate, you know, whether that was the right strategy to go and change the the teacher contract but to go back to the topic we're talking about um right now uh what i'm focused on is i don't know not not that i don't know uh, providence families i think struggle in terms of who do i go to for this situation Mm -hmm. i think i think we're seeing that and um what the school board uh, will look to do is to either uh, Kenzel Thomas, our, our president of the school board, he's been talking to a lot of parents. He, he lives really close to Nathaniel Green. Um, he's been looking to get some answers about what happened uh, over in that over in that school. Um, I think there are, we're we're listening. I think there are solutions in terms of working to to that voice because at the end of the day, we want to make sure Providence Schools is safe. In, in general, everyone feels that it's safe to go to, and this is bigger than Providence. Right? This is this is an American problem yeah. right w- what's going on that's 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 just that's just ridiculous if you're a parent you should feel good about bringing your kid into the public school system yeah um and whether that's gun legislation whether that's just security around our school systems i'm one of the, i'm one of those aspects where i do believe we need stronger um um, gun control, but 
I, I'm also very realistic of where we're at politically in, in this country. And if it means we need to take resources and sort of protect at least our school systems and, and, and making sure there's, there's other aspects where we can prevent mass shootings, I think we need to look into that as, as, yeah. as well. But in, in Providence, um, we're, we're, we're doing our best, at least on the school board, to sort of like hear families, express our concerns to um to the state and, and and make change happen and i would say that's been more of the leadership of the school board but i've been hearing a lot of it and it's just it's just sad you know i don't i don't have a, a child um that's that's going to the school district but you know to what are a lot of conversations we had here i you know i yeah i would i would be afraid i think a lot of people in this country are afraid right now when they drop their kid off yeah. to school it should be the safest place in the world especially exactly. if you're going to work you want them to be somewhere where it's safe they're learning but it's become you know the opposite it's always been a thing but i think when it comes to like the numbers as well because mass shootings happen all the time but when it comes to like specifically the numbers that's what scares people like the number of deaths especially the last one or the or the not the last one because it was more after but the major one that happened in texas which we're going to discuss later on as well um and then the daniel green thing was like probably like a day or two after the the Texas yeah. situation, which is also like, wait a minute, what the fuck? It felt kind of weird. Like, what the hell is happening? But um, yeah. Let me. Know, how does that process work? Let me. I'll, I'll I'll be on the school um the school board. I would love to to if potentially if that's even a possibility. I would love to, you know, get behind the scenes as well. See what's going on with that. Cause we should get you. We should definitely get you appointed to like a board of commission. Oh hell yeah. Get oh. you get you heavily involved. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll rise some feathers we, up. So here's the thing about the school board. Uh. It's a diverse board. There's young people on there right now, uh, similar to your age, yeah. and um, it represents the city. And right now, under the current structure with the state, what we're seeing is, you know, it's a st- it's a statewide infrastructure that's running running Providence that obviously don't necessarily have to have to really listen or hear the concerns of, of, of families, right? If you live in Warwick, you live in different parts of the of the state, you're not necessarily, mm-hmm. it's not like our president who who lives a couple streets away from the Daniel Green legitimately getting um, like, hey, what's going on uh, with with, with, yeah. with our school? You right? guys are more on the, on the ground with it but related to then the state that's actually dealing with the overhead. But the power shift away, and look, a lot of these people that went into the takeover, again, pre-pandemic, I think there was good reasons in terms of like good intent because the schools have been struggling for a really long time. Yeah, when it and comes to like the grading and like the yes. actual um, the scores and the averages compared to the statewide and na- uh, nationwide, actually, obviously, um, yeah, that's always was a thing. I remember that, especially going to classical, that was discussed a lot. Like the SAT scores in Rhode Island and everything was always controversial, and we were like always in the lower everything, lower, lower, lower. Yeah, but here's the thing, and this is how I think you improve education. Teachers have to be paid More. adequately. Yeah, you know the the first the, the starting salary for a province school teacher is in you know forty four thousand dollars. You go to school, right? You become a teacher, forty four thousand dollars. You can't really afford to live by yourself in Providence right now. Yeah. That that's a problem. And a lot of individuals. I mean, we just talked about that. You, you hustling. You know, out here, you know, uh, there's people that just working an online game, getting other jobs or making more money, doing other things where they don't have to necessarily be a teacher, even if you have a degree. Right. And my one one of my concerns are is if you don't have the human capital in the buildings that are paid well and, 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 
just are in a space where they can succeed, the whole system is going to struggle. I think if you pay teachers adequate wages, I, I would start at $75,000 a year minimum, but I would treat them same way big corporations treat their employees, like give them some bonuses, give them aspect for raises. Oh, yeah. If they're if they're if they're good, solid teachers. Also, let's let's try to get um, professionals in different fields, an easier pathway to become teachers if they want to become teachers. Right. Um I think that's a big change that that needs to be talked about, needs to happen because the economy is shifting. And there's a lot of young, talented individuals going to look like, do I want to become a teacher and deal with all of this bureaucracy, red tape and school buildings that are really old? And I might, you know, I might fear for my life in that aspect. Or do I want to take this remote job for twenty, thirty thousand dollars more, have more of a hybrid atmosphere and you know, you know, live a, a different life. And you're going to have a, you're going to have this next generation think about what they want to do. And I don't think a lot of policymakers are necessarily thinking about that in the future. And I wouldn't even say this about province around. I would say this about like our whole country in general. We need to treat teachers <laughs> as one of the most important jobs mm-hmm. in the world, period. When you're, your doctor, doctors are mostly well paid, right? Yeah. I would, I would, you know, some doctors, I think it might vary, but if your doctor's making 44000 after all these years, I know they go to residencies and all of that, but like, let's say you're, you know, when your senior doctor is not making a high quality amount, you know, they might not give out that's treatment. Yeah. I, I, and maybe that's not, maybe that's like the best comparison, but people look at like doctors, lawyers, yeah, high, like teachers need to be. Yeah. Paid in that they need to be paid a, much. something more, no matter what. An increase is necessary, especially just in general. Like, I would, uh, I would love to for it to be seventy-five, but even if it's like to fifty, sixty average or higher, whatever the case may be, is definitely needed because of the fact that, especially being a student for so long, I remember dealing with teachers all the time and like how essential they were to my day to day. Especially to the kids that were going through a lot of shit. A lot of kids don't have great parents, or their parents weren't around, so the teachers became the parents. And a lot of times it was a great thing. You have great conversations, great repertoire, or it was a bad thing. A teacher might get a freaking chair thrown at their head and the fucking bleeding and gushing and like they have to deal with that. And a lot of times teachers still deal with it and they come back eventually to work. And it's like they know it's a part of the, the process of being a teacher, dealing with these kids who are a product of their environment. They have struggles at home. They have struggles outside of the school. When they come into the school, and they're going to behave how they're going to behave. So aside from just teaching them textbook education one plus one equals two there's a lot of situations that matter in my opinion more than the actual you know book and the information that they're getting it's the actual experience i feel like it's more key and essential because a lot of people you know they miss that like they they don't they don't deal with a great teacher they don't have a great repertoire with their teacher and in the future you really regret it because you needed some sort of guidance you know and a lot of teachers have saved a lot of kids from being lost and to this day there's so many lost souls because they fucked up in school. They don't have parents. They don't got no guidance at all. So I think teachers definitely need more. I always felt that way. I've more always counselors, felt that way. more mental health support. More counselors, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It needs to stop being like a one counselor for the whole school. It's like there's hundreds of kids here. We need we need more than one counselor. Like that's mandatory. Like by default, we should have a couple counselors in here rotating on schedule, doing their thing. But moving on, last topic of um the day when it comes to Rhode Island. Oh, actually, we're going to discuss. We could talk about this real quick. So. Tomorrow there's gonna be um a special election for those who are interested in voting. Um Providence is considering borrowing up to five hundred and fifteen million dollars for the twenty 
the pension fund. Um, and I'm pretty sure, do you know more about this specifically? Um, can you kind of sum it up for, what do they say, layman's terms? In layman's <laughs> terms for the people who don't understand what this is. Uh, the city's in debt. <laughs> <laughs> the city's in debt. It's, the city's in debt. And this is this is shifting around debt. Um, I don't necessarily want to... I don't what I what I would say if if you this is, this is I think is the best thing to say about this if you care about the city of Providence you live in the city of Providence or you own real estate in the city of Providence do a quick Google search look up what this is and go vote based on your uh, opinion I don't want to necessarily put an opinion out mm. that is pro or uh, against I don't necessarily view my role the situation to to necessarily do that because um there are people that have arguments e- each way on both um, sides on yeah. both sides um i will say something needs to be done about our, our pension there's serious conversations about providence going uh into bankruptcy and you could do quick google searches on how yeah. detroit went to bankruptcy how that impacted them um and i don't want to spend too much on that because i know we have a whole bunch of other stuff but yeah, yeah. i would say google's you your friend google's your best friend uh, go on there. But if you love Providence, you live in the city of Providence, especially if you're a uh, property owner of, of, of Providence, um, go do some searching and uh, get yourself educated and make a yeah. make a decision. But go vote. Yeah, you can vote. Uh, I think anyone in Rhode Island, any Rhode Island um, citizen, right? Any Rhode Providence, Island? Any Providence, Providence. Providence citizen specifically is uh, eligible to vote tomorrow or today. If you're listening to today, obviously, where it comes out Tuesday, the podcast today, you can go and vote, do your research on it. But I think it's pretty cool because a lot of people don't know that, especially like I feel like my generation is not really up to speed when it comes to shit like that. And then, A lot of individuals not yeah, up to speed. And then when it comes special to... Special elections just come at you sometimes. Yeah, special ele- elections come out of nowhere. At the same time, it sucks because we're talking about half a fucking billion dollars that is going to potentially affect the state. However it affects it, time will tell. But whatever's made with that decision is such a key situation, right? But then people don't know about it or don't care to know about it. It's pretty weird. Like, you know, but it, it is what it is. People think, like, it's just a, a mayor election or the governor election. There's actual other elections that matter. And if you get a, a decision in it, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's fucking pretty cool, especially if you're in the higher bracket that this is going to affect directly, like you said. If you're a taxpayer, yep. go vote. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of problems around this was last night at Lovetta Lounge. We were talking about this a bit off camera. Um, there was a fucking pool inside of the nightclub, Lovetta Lounge. <laughs> that's right. And this is a topic that universally I think is bound to go viral, whether it's this clip or just us talking about it right now. Um, insanity. I've never seen nothing like this in my life. This is the most Dominican thing I've seen in a while. Like it's He's pretty crazy. <laughs> It's pretty crazy. And my thing is, how does it, how do you go about this? Like, what is going, is the city, like, are you going to get a fee? Is this legal? Is this illegal? The the club was promoting it, so I'm assuming it was legal. And at the same time, who the fuck is jumping in that water? I'm not jumping in that water. <laughs> <laughs> is this water heated? Like, like, is this water heated? Like, isn't the club, the club is not necessarily hot, but it's not necessarily cold. It's usually like. You know, is, is the filter running? Is the is filter running? <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no. What the fuck? There, How do you drain this pool? This is not a fucking inflatable yeah. pool. <laughs> this is a real built pool that they had to build, and you see the ground. They seem to have like a carpet layout for it. Um, madness. 
And I don't know how the fuck this fit in Loretta. Like, this is crazy. So I got to... I gotta ask my friend. He he DJs a lot in like the Massachusetts area, and there's actually a club in Lawrence that has like indoor uh, in-ground pool, and they have like little kiosk things that you could yeah. chill around the no, pool. That sounds fire. And like, but it's that's in the club. Though, that's like, just built nah, yeah, in. I don't yeah, know what is, the fuck. Yeah. That but is, is, is it Spanish? Is it Spanish run those yeah. clubs? This yeah. is they went really? to Walmart. Yeah, they, but they, they just, just bought a. Yeah, they built it today. They my died. brother put that shit up for, for my nieces today. It's the same one. That same pool. Yeah, same one. Nah, but yeah, it's a big ass pool, bro. And Lawrence, though, they do have. So I guess they're trying to, you know, incorporate a little bit of the indoor ground, indoor pools. Not indoor Marketing, ground, it yeah, works. Yeah, the locally now, people are like, "What?" Blah, blah, blah. But they took the post down. But I don't know if they're gonna repeat this again. But I <laughs> don't know what's happening here. It's not that hot in there. This is viral <laughs> in my eyes, and it's like this is so bizarre. But it's happening here in my city, bro. If yeah, no, invite? Like that, like, no invite. No invite. Buy a pool at your crib. How, mu- how much you need be, to go into the pool? It's going to be cleaner. <laughs> uh, go to the beach or some shit. Listen. It's like, if you're going to go clubbing, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm going for the pool. That just added an extra 50 bucks to the entry. Extra right 50 bucks. Oh, my God. Dirty as fuck. And there's no dryer in there. Uh, like, no. Once a week, maybe. Uh, maybe you know free, towels, towels, free towels. Free towels? <laughs> <laughs> the towels. What do you do when you hop out the pool? <laughs> you got to bring your own. You go back to the hookah? You the go hookah's get, gonna be you know about, you know wet. How, you know how many motherfuckers gonna slip and fucking sue that shit? Yeah, <laughs> come yeah, on. It's a money grab. Oh, that's, that's a that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Gonna, what the, I'm gonna drown in that pool point. next week. Hey. Let's do it, Loveda. We, we out next. First week, drowning. Loveda. Become moment, a millionaire. The moment you walk out, the, the moment you walk in, it's a bunch of fucking wet signs. Like, what the fuck is this going? Hey. Look on Twitter, they say Providence ain't popping. Rhode Island, I got a lot of stuff going on. And hey, there you Come go. to our clubs. We got pools. Oh God, bro. You know, who would have fucking thought we had a fucking pool yeah. in a nightclub? That is as bizarre as it gets. Um, <laughs> God bless. You know, hey, Not if enough. you guys pay me enough, I can promote it. The next pool event, and I'll dive in the pool. You know, yeah, yeah, what'd you do? Would you do a pod, a pod in, in the, the pool? pool? <laughs> Podcast pool? Pool mm. podcasting? Might be in a way. <laughs> I never heard of no one doing this. I think someone did it. I think Bobby Lee did it from like a bathtub once. Yeah, that, that was like a thing, like sh- like bathtub streaming. Oh, they do that, the hot tub, the hot tub hot thing, tub hot tub yeah, streaming. Yeah. Um, but a whole podcast set up in a pool? La Vera. Crazy. $2,000 and I'll, I'll get it done. <laughs> that's nothing for them. Oh, my God. I don't think it is. Bro, that's a $2,000 pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that shit's probably still up. They can't. Take it down and then build it up. It's, I think it's there permanently for the summer, yeah. at this point. If they want, yeah. the fuck? That's a lot. Of I'd be work. heated. That's a lot I, of labor. I'd be yeah. heated if I'm a worker. Yeah, you gotta put the pool <laughs> up again today, bro. You got the I'd be tight, shift. bro. Damn. I'd be tight, bro. <laughs> fuck that shit. Oh my god! But moving on to more topics. Uh, another dead rapper, unfortunately. Yes, another dead rapper. This has been probably I feel like consistently at least once a month we talk about some. Almost weekly, rapper. too. Almost too weekly. Almost yeah. weekly. Um, too much, yeah. But definitely too much. We've become numb to it, especially my generation. It's like a common thing. My sister talks about it all the time. She just turned 18. It's like all her favorite rappers are dead, especially the ones that she would listen to all the time. Uh. X, Juice World, and it's like Mac uh, Mac Miller even. So it's like, wow. It's like something, something that we just kind of take for granted, but it's reality. And this is Trouble out of Atlanta. Trouble, DTE. Um... Very, very nostalgic Atlanta, genuine classic Atlanta essence rapper, a mixtape heavy scene, had a album with Mike Will. He was signed to Mike Will, made it, made it um, ear drummer records, I believe, Def, uh, Def Jam artist as well. 
So they were he was labeled mates with Ray Shrimmer, Sway Lee and them. Um impactful, very much uh connected to every camp, the Migos, Young Thug, everyone in Atlanta. Troubles known, right? And unfortunately, this situation, they're reporting he's 34, but I thought some people say he was 35, but I'm going to just say 34 to 35 years old. He passed away at 35, 34 years old. He was in the apartments, Lake uh, Lake St. Todd, St. James Apartments in, on, in Conyers, Atlanta, uh, 3.20 a.m., where he passed away, and it was a gunshot wound. And now the story has broken today where they're saying that it was a situation where he was visiting a female friend, and this female friend had a suspect break in while he was visiting the female friend in the middle of the night. And it was allegedly or confirmed, I think now an ex-boyfriend of hers. And it was a domestic situation where the police are reporting without any details, but I'm I'm assuming it's like they might've had a dispute or it might've been something that was already going on between them fighting. Maybe they got into an argument once he arrived and saw trouble there. I don't know. Maybe trouble knew him. But nonetheless, the gentleman decided to kill Trouble, shot him, and he has passed away. And the gentleman is still alive. I think now he got turned in by the police. They got him. Um, but very wild. Like, bro, this shit is so dumb. And my thing is, like, Atlanta's going through so much shit. Because back to back, we have also breaking news. Metro Boomin's mother has passed away. She was killed. That's crazy. Metro Boomin's mother was murdered. Metro Boomin, arguably... One of the best producers, if not the best producer of this generation, especially Metro Boomin is legendary producer, made all your favorite songs. With, uh, whether you know it or not, and you probably know it because everyone knows his famous tags, right? But aside from him himself, he's a human who has a mother, and his mother has unfortunately passed away, and he was very close to his mother. I remember interviews he would bring her up and like his her influence on him. Rest in peace, Leslie Joanne Wayne, mother of producer Metro Boomin, found dead near Atlanta. Uh, the family's grieving. They're asking for privacy. They're waiting for an autopsy to concern, uh, confirm the final cause of death. Um, but it's, it's suspected of a... of Okay, so now we have it right here. According to her husband, I thought it was boyfriend, her husband, who is not Metro's biological father, is suspected of killing his spouse, then taking his own life. So he's passed away as well. So he killed himself. Wow. wow. So it's a murder-suicide situation. Man, prayers for Metro Boomin. What the fuck? Yeah, that was and he was tweeting yeah. about um, Young Thug and them, the YSL situation last week and like saying prayers for them. But it's like, bro, look at this now. Prayers for you. Like, who would have thought? Like, this is this is diabolical almost. Like, what the fuck is going on in Atlanta? Like, the energy is so off. The Migos, on a lower level, the Migos allegedly breaking up, right? That situation. But on a higher level, the Rico case with YSL, Young Thug, Gunna strict the whole camp and now troubles pass away and metro boomin doesn't have a mother it's very odd i would say god please you know definitely do your best to put your hand over that whole city that whole area that whole state of georgia because they're very important to the culture especially hip-hop culture black culture everything that they do they're really they move the thread the needle to everything that happens when it comes to hip-hop and they're going through this tragic time and it's like i don't know what to you can't. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just, it's it's, it's sad. It's all it is. So, all right. I wanna I wanna take away the domestic violence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that murder, aside, because that that's yeah. That's that, that's that's sad. And um, I I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh. With with trouble and black artists, black and brown artists like dying on a frequent basis, and what is being done. 
what what is what is being done and i'm talking about the first hip-hop album i ever listened to was biggie right he's already dead when i when i listened to his album yeah Mm -hmm. right like that that's what made me fall in love with with hip-hop right and it's 2022 and this is happening on a frequent basis if this was pop artists <laughs> if this was rock artists if this was tiktok dance influencers right there would already be campaigns and safeguards put in place from corporate entities that make money off of them mm-hmm. to do something about it to make sure that these individuals are safe so why are black creators you know creators of color why why is it so easy for them to be harmed, to be killed, right? To to great point. You know, like what what yeah. what is going? It's twenty twenty two when I, and and I'm talking about individuals getting locked up. Yeah, people should be making money. You should be good. Yeah, how you getting locked up? Yeah, you're millionaires now. You're millionaires. What what is going on? Because yeah. there's white owned corporations making money off of these individuals. Yeah. So hundred percent. So best what's believe, going on? Best believe troubles passed away, young thugs in jail. You think that people aren't playing their music? Their streams are up now. So who's making money? Not them necessarily. No it's the the record labels majorly. So that's the sad, weird dichotomy of this fucking music industry shit that's happening. And it's a great point because imagine, God forbid, these young pop stars like Olivia Rodrigo randomly murdered, Demi Lovato randomly murdered, like. People will go crazy. Imagine if NSYNC, <laughs> back in the day, someone shot up NSYNC. It's not funny, but there'd be a whole like, no, yeah. we need to stop violence against our, our music yeah. artists. Yeah. People would come out of, put it, but since it's rap and it's hip hop. It's like, we're, it's everyone, everyone's numb to it. Like, oh, uh, well, just another day like, in hip hop. Exactly yeah. Because of the fact that there's this stereotype is like their lifestyle and how they move and all of this, shit and how they grew up. So it's like, it's normal. I think so we need a campaign. You shows, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are for the streets, this and that. You try to act big, whatever. You get laid out, you got what you had coming to you. That's, a, that's not how this shit works. And, I mean, that's a good point because it's like, that's probably how the labels are looking at it. It's like, all right, you are from the streets. You are doing this and that. You're always around guns. So you're making us this hot music right now. It's a, it's pretty much a time bomb until you're dead. Cause you always, you're gonna still, you know, keep in the streets unless you're smart enough to be like, all right, I'm the breadwinner, and I can hand off some money so I don't have to do none of the legal stuff no more. But you know, a lot of these labels, they don't care. They're not gonna give them that advice to those major artists because it's, it's pretty much a bomb for them. And if they die, who's gonna win? Well, the it's the labels again. The thing is, too, the streets are envious, man. Yeah, and that's the streets that's a lot are of very too. envious. Yeah, and even as us, like not being artists and shit like that, like. You can see it. Yeah. You can see like it's a normal thing. It's like someone would joke around. Oh my God! Like you're you're doing something now, huh? Like blah, blah, blah. you know what I'm saying? But it mm-hmm. comes off as malicious and shit. So it's like I don't know what it is with today's generation and just fucking instead of putting work in and trying to fucking better yourself and shit like that, you put more work into fucking hating and focus on someone else's life and shit like that and just downplaying their shit. Yeah. I don't get it. Shit's a joke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a sketchy time right now, but I think it's, it's a, lot, a lot of factors, a lot of factors that come into play. You know, I definitely think that 
to some degree change is needed when it comes to even like the artists because they can express themselves however they want you know I, I i'm all for it like i don't want nobody to be especially when it comes to courtrooms like ysl they're being prosecuted and they're using like their lyrics against them like i'm totally against that like the whole and if that happens it's going to set a actual yeah. precedence that going forward is going to be reoccurring a lot like people 100%. are going to be able to be charged lawfully wrongfully due to their lyrics so 100%. now people are going to be forced if that happens to change their lyrics because you can't rap about certain things they're going to use it against you in court they can because it already happened so there's proof that it worked but i think that content to some degree needs to change i, I do believe in energy like you put a lot of energy out there and stuff but i don't think it's necessarily the pure cause i think if, if it's one percent of the situation is one percent you know but i do think that energy you know needs to be put out like people need to wake up and like this is not okay but now what are we gonna do mm -hmm. like let's promote something more positive let's promote anti-gun violence let's do something like right now in atlanta yeah. there's a lot of major heads a lot of major power makers power plays like um power playmakers gucci man jeezy a lot of ti you know a lot of topper dogs that might be able to do some situation a rally or something that can motivate people to at least get the energy out there because i feel like energy is very underrated surprisingly because we all fucking have it but i think a lot of people don't realize the power of energy who's the guy that brought drake and kanye together i forgot his name, forgot his name. oh jay prince oh, yeah. yo we need we jay need prince on this yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay we need, where's jay finger, prince yeah. on this we need, we need jay prince yeah, like, already know. <laughs> atlanta needs god and jay prince <laughs> For real. jay prince needs to fucking go on live stream or something and just put a caption that says atl and just and point at the finger. camera the point, at point at the put camera and I feel like a lot of situations yep. will be resolved. They gonna get it. Because something is fucking needed. This is ridiculous at this point. This is very sad. And, you know, God forbid next week we got more news to talk about. But at this rate, it seems to be the situation, right? But fuck it, man. This is fucking crazy. Rest in peace to uh, Metro Boomer's mother and Trouble. Big Trouble, baby. Oh, man. I was playing this fucking album all weekend. It's crazy, bro. That weekend song, I forgot about the weekend song. He had the song with the weekend. I was like, what the fuck? This is a fucking slap. That, I definitely that Drake track. Oh no, yeah, that one that was the one. That, that goes hard. That was crazy. On, that was the one. Was but <clears throat> speaking of unfortunately passed away rappers, XXXTentacion has released the documentary on Hulu last week. Did you guys end up watching it? I haven't yeah. seen it. You still didn't watch it? I watched it um fully. I last time I watched it, but it was like briefly. This time I really sat down and watched it. And uh I love it. I'm not gonna lie. I think it was really good. From the top it started with um Everything that we kind of knew. The thing not, about not this, it, was, it wasn't really new. Were you familiar with him? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but question, was this ran through, like, his family, people that control his identity, or was this, like, Hulu owned? or? Yeah, so I, I learned, especially watching it the second time more thoroughly, his mother was the one that came up with this idea of the documentary. Okay. Shout out to Cleo. His mother, Cleo. I follow her on Instagram. And she's a young mother, and she wanted to put her son's story out there okay. in a collective way. And I guess they sold it eventually to Hulu, but they had this documentary. You can kind of tell the footage is not necessarily new, new, um, but shout out to our mutual friend. He's there. Ski master slump. God was heavily in this documentary. And so from the top, it starts off just the idea of X. It was a vlog. He, used to, he started doing vlogs towards his last years, of, mm. like, or last year before he passed away. He started doing more vlogs on YouTube and talking to his fans directly more and, like, 
very more rigorous like positivity and that's how it starts off with that like vlog of mm. him talking about his life and just wanting to kind of change his perspective or people's perspective on him and like he's been doing negative energy or negative things and he wants to be more positive and then it goes into the whole rise of his story and a lot of things that a lot of people know especially if you're diehard xxxtentacion fans it's a very you know stereotypical but at the same time unique story because you hear the come up stories of rappers rapping very young mm. rapping as a kid and then making it as a star but his story is very unique in the sense where you see especially with this documentary how he used violence literally as a tactic to market himself and it was all strategic from a young age like you know and to a point it got dark you know ski master some got addressed that where it was like a lot of people didn't want to be around x during a certain amount of time a uh, time period because he got very dark and he would just want to fight everyone randomly and it it, it kind of took over him this persona of like x and like not being jose himself no more and just wanted to fight people and being aggressive and wanted to go live and show these fights because it worked strategically because he started as a young uh rapper in um florida uh Broward county his mother uh raised him uh his father passed away at the age of 10 and again stereotypical story right when his father passed away or no not passed away forgive me he's in jail incarcerated his father's in jail i think till this day he's still incarcerated hmm. um and yeah and i think he had like 10 years which coincidentally this kid died before his his father was able to get out of jail like i think hmm. he's still in jail his father but at 10 years old his father was incarcerated so this changed his life he reacted how he reacted he basically left the house he, he was doing bad in school his mother was like go live with your grandma and he kind of lived decent with his mother, but then he moved into with his grandma. Now his grandma lives across the hood. So now he's a part of the hood now, fully interacting with the hood and being caught up in things he's not necessarily supposed to be caught up in. He got kicked out of all the schools. A very, very, like, troubled, like, kid. And, like, early on in his career, you would see that, right? And then that led into his story of, like, how he blew up because the very unfortunate situation, the accusations that were proven right, especially if you listen to the documentary, watch the documentary, with the domestic violence case that he had against his girlfriend, Geneva. I forgot her last name, forgive me. But they got her story fully. And I was shocked. And especially because his mother okayed everything. Like, this is, she greenlit this whole situation. And it's like, I want to get her story fully. And this was with someone that was scrutinized so much. Um, fans, um, hopefully not to this day, but I remember X fans like coming at her because X had this sort of like cult energy and like a very strong, like vigorous, like, surrounding around him like a cult following and people kind of were just like yes man like they believed anything he said right mm. but this girl was a victim of domestic violence on his hands she said her story and she didn't want to take him to court it was a whole sticky situation but then the, the state of florida or something still prosecuted the case because they didn't want to allow her to drop the case or the charges so the documentary covered all of that yeah too. it covered everything oh, wow. Wow. and it showed him like now going to jail and her call him calling her from jail and then saying, like, you know, like, I'm sorry. I was like, uh, she's like, I want to drop the charges. Like, Trust me, I want to drop them. But he's like, no, but if you drop them, you might be go to jail, too. Blah, blah, blah. We got to figure this out. And then whole, this whole situation of changing this situation for him. But then at the same time, his song's blowing up while he's in jail. And his popularity rising. So by the time he came out of jail, he had no connection with her. He separated from Geneva. There was no connection at all, right? But then his career blew up. But then there was these allegations 
you know, because eventually he came out of jail. So people were like, oh, it's not true. Or was it true that she was faking it for him? Another girl lying on another guy or like this is a fake domestic case, whatever. Right. They were young. They're kids questioning all this. But then in the documentary, you see her literally bruised eyes. You see everything. And you have eyewitnesses accounts of people that heard over in the next room. His aunt or not his aunt. I think of a producer's girlfriend or like a, a friend um, heard everything and saw and saw like her face and everything. But then there's an old interview unreleased that they dropped, a fader interview, a brand new interview on the documentary where he's talking about it as well. And he denied everything. It was like in 2017, he denied everything. He was like, never hear her. She got jumped. Uh, she got jumped. I swear to God, she got jumped, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So it's like they're providing it where it's like a neutral base where you can make your judgment yourself on X without it being like a straightforward like he's a criminal or she's this is from the mom like this is from the mom this is from the family okay yeah and everyone's scene is within his house that they built his mom's house and they built a studio and everyone's seen everyone that's getting interviewed his engineer that's getting interviewed a lot um ski mask that's getting interviewed a lot it's in the studio, like X's studio, the same studio, but they'll switch the angles, but it's all in the same house studio. And I'm like, wow, like they really, um, really, this is all in-house and they really structure this, structure this themselves. And it's not a manipulated documentary, which I was kind of worried about. I'm like, oh, you never know. There's a lot of documentaries are that way, but this is like a genuine documentary that just provided all the facts, all the clips, all the information, and you make your judgment on it. And then it also leads up to his death where his mother literally, I guess, so the court case was happening with Geneva still because of the state. They were still trying to prosecute him or whatever. And then and he had like a court date, like he had to go to. And it was two days before the court date. And that's the day he died. Literally two days before the court date. I was, that was something else. I was like, what the hell? Because he could have faced 20 years in jail. Wow. But then he died. And I'm like, I'm like, these are things that I really didn't know. Like, it was such a tragic death when he died for me because I was such a huge fan of him. So I never really dived into like, more more research and stuff and i really don't even listen to his music to this day because it just kind of makes me sad but now revisiting it because of the documentary provided provided me a lot of insight um on the family's account you know prayers to, to cleo they definitely went through a lot obviously as you would assume but getting that bird's eye view perspective of literally he just told her randomly like oh i just want to go buy a bike like i just want to go buy a bike and she's like wow you have so many bikes he's like oh i just feel like going to buy a bike and she was like oh go with security and he's like, no, I don't need security. I just want to go by myself, blah, blah, blah. And then she made, I think, someone follow him or something. Like, he still had someone around or, to, or a friend or something. And he went to go buy the bike. And then you see him, literally the surveillance footage of him buying the bike, leaving the bike store, and then a car pulling up, a truck, and shooting him right there. And I think someone was in the car with him. The person that was in the car ran, but then he still was in the car himself, and he passed away. And... The family shocked to this day, going through it to this day. Um, it's a very tragic loss in the hip-hop community, one of the biggest. I think he's, if he was still alive, I think he could have been, you know, because the thing is this, right? He did the domestic violence situation. I think he definitely was very guilty of it. But then she forgave him. She spoke about it in an interview, how she reached a state of forgiving him while he was still alive. And they were still interact. But then he still had to go to court, not because of her, because of the state. Because it was such a major case that you, legally you had to do whatever the judges say, the lawyers say, you got to do it. But she reached the terms of forgiving him, right? And it's still like, I, to me, it's clear, right? But factually, if you look at the whole documentary, it's kind of like, oh, it could go either way. But to me, it's clear that he definitely did um some abuse to her. But I don't know. It's like, am I giving him a pass? I'm not necessarily giving him a pass. 
because if he was like an evil person and like you could just kind of call it out more but if she's forgiven him and the family seems to like move on and then the mother was very accepting of her especially now it just seems like i feel like he could have had a major impact he might have been able to be someone that was a voice a voice for the people who might be doing this and actually teaches people how to not do this he i feel like he would have stirred it a different way because he was so creative that he could have taken it that way and so powerful with his um actual words and his actual influence but the documentary is out i recommend it i think it's great phenomenal from top to bottom a bit emotional but also i feel like it's just more of like a factual situation from the people that were really around him and i loved it uh, i loved it uh it was tough to watch but hey i you know i had to watch especially for the fans that were dying to hear me talk about it but yeah we loved him he was he would watch our videos a lot a lot he was a fan of the channel and watching the documentary kind of confirmed it because you could tell how he was such a young kid and like they would just like hang out with each other him and ski mask and like his whole friend group and just do young stuff and like they would reach out to fans and support people that supported them back and they had this tactic where they were like literally retweet each other's tweets to like generate traffic and like generate attention to his music and, and clips and it worked early on and i was like wow that was actually like very smart and wise like like they had a lot of strategic situation that behind the scenes you would know but it from in front of the cam uh, from behind from in front of the camera or wh whatever it is outside looking in us as fans we didn't really know but the documentary gave you that perspective so i would recommend people watching it shout out to hulu it's called look at me the album comes out next week there's a new album coming out as well for the documentary um i don't know how i feel about the album I'm not gonna lie, but I think it's not new music. If you look at the tracklist, it's not new music. It's, it's not new music. It's not new music, thankfully. But that's my about thing. True Love. The single came out with Kanye. I like that song, True Love. I like the second song. There's another song that they have together that's on the Donda Two album. I think it's a bit better than this one, but I like this one, True Love. Hmm. I think it's really good. Um, but it's then catchy. it goes. I hate when Ye just does like one verse and then out. Oh man, well, I hate when artists do that. One verse, I'm out. Oh, Kanye's the the worst and best at that. Like he always. You don't know what to expect with him. He'll do yeah. 30 seconds of mumbling and 50 seconds of bars. It's like, what the fuck is going on? But that's Kanye West. But yeah. it also showed you in the documentary how Kanye showed love to him, J. Cole, Kendrick. A lot of people love the, the kid. You know, um, he was up there when it comes to, like, potential. Like, he was a... Oh, man. Let's not even get into it. You guys know. Also, speaking of that same friend group, Juice World, his girlfriend, Allie, there's this clip. We're going to play the clip. Um, it's public so we're, we're gonna play it but technically it shouldn't be public this clip of her talking about the situation that has happened I guess she's alleging or confirming let's hope the clip is still up yeah the clip's still up wow I'm, uh, yeah I'm, I'm actually very surprised that the clip's still up honestly it wow. ties in what we were talking about earlier with the artist dying and ties in with everything yeah it's to be honest crazy so when I press play here you guys are gonna hear but I can't hear it right so I'm going to play it here for Travis to hear it. Okay. Hold up, pause it real quick. Because that's, that's uh, it's not getting fed into you. Oh, you, know, you don't hear it? Really? No, it's Bluetooth. Oh, yeah. How about now? No. Really? One second. Let's see. Is this playing? Oh, this was down. That's probably what it was. 
There we go. Heartbroken. Pardon that, guys. I'm gonna top again. I was about to say, I thought this just started glitching. I'm like, oh, this is the the Illuminati. <laughs> Yo, because this is some dark shit, and it's like this is about to happen right now. Most of this showed everyone, so it's like. I cannot let Jared's legacy be what it is. Jared would never treat any of his fans like this. One and two would never, ever let. What's this <laughs> What are those called? Always been about money. You smoke those. You smoke those, though. I smoke bad things, though. That's weed, though. That's not weed. I would literally sit on his lap every day and be like. Don't go report. They don't need. They don't need us. They don't need you anymore. We need so many songs. So you get the gist. I don't want to play it fully. You get the gist. Um, who who is this? Who is this intended to? Was this uh, supposed to be a private? So this is allegedly video. supposed she to be a private a, video. That's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, on Instagram you can send videos to people. So this seems to be like those videos that people send to people on Instagram, and you press play on. Okay. So like, not necessarily like a video that you can save unless you screen record which this individual seems to have screen recorded whoever the hell this is right but there's so many angles to tackle this right so let's talk first what she's saying for those who don't know perspective is this i think little bibby a couple people on his team or his label let's say grade a which is the label that juice world was signed to juice world one of the biggest artists of all time when it comes to numbers especially in his short-lived amount of years Major impact, but he passed away, right? Obviously now. Years removed or about is it years? It feels like it was yesterday, but I think it's years, right? It's been multiple years, no? Two years almost or about to be let's say we're gonna, I think we're going to I think we're about to be two years. Comment down below, correct us if we're wrong. But this label has now they were promoting a potential release of an album. Mm -hmm. There was a single that came out and everything. Um but now they're saying that they're pushing his album back. Mm-hmm. And then fans are mad. I think maybe some of the songs leaked. There's always like Juice World leaks. That's another thing, right? There's a shitload of his shit leaked on, yeah. on, on uh, SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, right? So the idea is this. It goes back to what we were saying earlier, the idea of with like Trouble and like Young Thug. Like people can go through whatever in life, but these labels are going to make money off the music. Mm -hmm. So people are frustrated, and it seems to be her specifically, with what's happening when it comes to his label and maybe where the money's being allocated. Now, this is all allegedly, because I don't want to say this is a fact. Allegedly, right? Where this money's being allocated, whether it's from his music, his old music, his new music, or the plans going forward. And it seems to be as if she's against it. Now, this is breaking news and shocking because from the outside in, it seemed like she was cool with all of them. It seemed like, if especially when you watch your documentary, right? At worst, maybe she might have been distanced because of the everyone's going through their things. Like, we've been around this circle again. Like, we've been around, I've been around DJ Scheme, which is one of his close friends, Chris Long, who started No Jumper with Adam 22. 
I have contact with him. Another one of he was Juice World's main photographer day to day. Like he was very close to him, and they all told uh, told me the same type of stuff. Uh, Ski Mask told me the same thing, where it's like they were sad, and it was a situation, kind of how you saw in a documentary where the kid had an addiction, and mm. it was bound to happen. Yeah. Whether it was that night or whenever, it was bound to happen. Now, there was instances where everyone started getting him help, therapy, whatever, consultation. But he was young, unfortunately dumb at times, and at the same time, rich as fuck. So you put this young, dumb, rich kid in the fire. You don't, He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing with his life. And at the same time, he has his love for this girl, Allie, which is his girlfriend, if you watch the documentary as well, where she seemed to be indulging in the drugs as well. Mm-hmm. And she was very much, it almost felt like uh, like those those love relationships that you see, like uh, that they both do drugs. It was like a famous one, almost like a unfortunate, like a Bobby Whitney type of situation. Okay. Bobby Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston type of situation. That's how it looked like. That's how it felt like when you watch the documentary. And it sucks because then the situation is this. He died. So now let's work on keeping his legacy intact now this is only creating more mess and more drama what the fuck is going on yeah. first of all you shouldn't have probably even released this music if there's like complications there's no really uh uh real agreement with what's going on right and his mother no i don't i'm not really up to date with his mother but because i know uh pop smoke's mother was the one that did like a non-profit i don't think did juice world's mom do a non-profit for him i don't remember correct me comment comment down below if they so. they did i know a lot of these um unfortunate dead artists parents have done non-profits after they passed away but his mother i'm not sure her stance on this but we know his girlfriend's stance right and especially now it seems to be as if allegedly the team little bibby dj scheme grade a whoever's on that team is trying to keep her silence she's saying and she's almost as if if i talk i i die but why would it be to that level right and now is she is she um clout chasing is she lying? I don't think so. I don't think so. The, the thing so. that I'm having trouble Cause it's with, weird. The thing that I'm having trouble with is like at least what I'm getting from this video and shit like that is like how you said, like how they're saying like the label and this and that, they're doing it just whatever moves they're making and shit like that just mm-hmm. weird. Or like they only care about the money, this, this and that. But it's like she can't really say or who knows, I don't really know. That like I think there's one part there where they're talking about like they they don't they only care about the money they didn't really help him out this this and that whatever yeah um so if that's the case then that's the case right but it's like we knew off of the documentary thing that he was heavy into drugs yeah so it's not like we can't really necessarily say that these people were feeding him that because you can clearly fucking tell in the video that that that's how he was and that's how he passed away yeah you know what I'm saying so it's like. It's not more of like I, we can blame them, you know. But, um, well, you can obviously because it's like oh, like everyone around them was just feeding sometimes or whatever. They didn't seek help, but it's like they would be what's it called a uh, drug meal almost. Yeah, like, remember that that one kid was always getting them lean and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, but she was against them drinking lean or or mixing and all of that shit. But she would sit on his lap and crush up fucking pills, have him. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah, because you don't want him lean and shit. 
What's it called uh, when people don't do drugs and they get withdrawals, I guess? Withdrawals. So oh, they yeah. didn't want him going through withdrawals, so they had to keep him up, up to speed. Uh, it's crazy. State-to-state state touring, they would have to get him drugs wherever he went. You're still giving him horrible shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like, it's not like oh, like you're keeping him away from like the bad, heavy drugs and shit. Like, yeah. yeah, just smoke weed. Yeah. It's not going to do you as much, like harm like that, but it, I don't know. Let's and make him sick. That way he doesn't yeah. get sicker, but let's keep him sick to some level. Confusing. That's the thing is know. like... Cleaning up from anything is going to be tough because your body's already used to it. Right. Your body, like, pretty much lives off that. So it's like you have to force them, lock them up, or put them somewhere that... Cancel the tour. Like, yeah. Throw like, them in a room. Like, like it got to gotta reach that level. Withdrawals has to be the least of your worries because that, that means it's working. Like, that means, yeah. like, he, he's, he's you know, right. going through that process. Like, that's... Well, she said it there, right? Didn't she say at the end of the clip... Um, you already have enough music, blah, 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 blah. They don't need us to record. Like, she would tell them sometimes to not record. Like, we don't need to record. Like, why are they making you record more? Who was he signed to? So, Grade A is a label, which was Little Bibby, who was a rapper from Chicago, and he turned into a label head. And I think G Herbal's brother, I believe. I forgot the relationship there. Okay, I think so it's not G like a major label. No, but they, they turned into one of, kind of, because they had Juice World. Now, they, now they have Kid Leroy. You know Kid Leroy? Kid Leroy, okay. he's a major artist now. He has, like, the big Justin Bieber but song. But not under one of those, like... I think they are. They might be. Okay. Well, more likely, they're, like, a sub-label under a label. I would okay. have to double-check who. Um, But, yeah. So, they're just, definitely, just there's definitely that, a yeah. major label back into some aspect, whether it's management. He has some major label aside from just grade A, for sure. I think it was Atlantic. I think it was Atlantic Records. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But... It's like, I guess everyone was just keeping it up because everyone was making money. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it going. But at the same time, like Ali was saying, whether she might be cloud chasing, however you want to interpret that, you can't deny the fact of like, first of all, she's not lying when it comes to the amount of music. Bro, how many, how much songs have they dropped after he passed away? So she's not lying to that aspect. Like they had fucking hundreds of songs unreleased. So her idea of like, Yo, let's stop recording. Let's take a break for a while because you already have enough music. Yeah, yeah. You can just work this out and promote this after. She has it proven. There's there's a proof of concept there. And if he was alive, a lot of those songs could be hits. Like if he promoted them with videos and a lot of great songs. Yeah, and the documentary you see. He, yeah. And in, in one session, he recorded fucking so many Mad quick. songs because it was just off the top. Like, yeah. Crazy. Crazy now, some songs are scraps. Don't get me wrong. A lot of crap or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if he was alive, I'm telling it's like a different situation. Like, he didn't go back and, like, add the ad-libs, whatever. But it, I think it's a mess. It's definitely a mess of a situation with no clarity provided. But at the same time, it's like, bro, when you mix business with death, it's like, goddamn. Like, it's evil. Yeah. So, I mean, one, again, how are we going to protect creators of color or hip-hop artists in general right yeah like, there's just no infrastructure for that and two um if an individual passes away like how do we have safeguards where their music is protected yeah right like i i just we have we're, we're we we're, we're getting more black billionaires we get more billionaires who are artists right why why don't we have infrastructure right now where uh creators of color could go sign to like a jay-z or you know, I and yeah. I don't know. I I just I don't know. It's 2022. Why we don't have this safe haven? We yeah. got people like Russ navigating independent. Yeah. Right. And you know, showing what could be done. Drake signed to major, obviously for a fat check. Yeah. But he should have gone independent. Imagine if we went independent. That would have been crazy. That that's why I was waiting, bro. <laughs> that was one of like my my um like hip hop like 
fucking like dreams. I'm like, for years, I'm like, I know his contract's coming up. I'm like, yo, if he goes independent, it's going to be a power yeah. play, power play. But he didn't do it. This if, information is available. That's yeah. that's all I'm saying. And I, I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah. People want to do contracts now. I would say when you sign a record label, I would tell them what is going to happen to my music when I pass yeah. away. Yeah. Control that while you're alive because you're not doing that. And then what the fuck happens afterwards? It's almost as if like I could compare it to like life insurance or something like you might be, God forbid, obviously an evil, uh, evil fucking comparison, but it's like you have a spouse and they know you have a crazy life insurance policy and they want to kill you because when you die, they're going to get money. Pretty similar to a fucking record label where they have all this investment in you and they know when you pass away, mm. your streams are going up. Everybody. You're going to be idolized. I don't know if I even believe in the streams. <laughs> do, you, do you believe in the streams? Like, That's that a whole other fucking, yeah, I feel like that's just all manufactured because I think they're making more money than they make it seem to the artists. But the artists are also naive because the reports come out. It's public information. Music industries make goddamn near trillions of dollars higher every year. And the artists are just like chilling like, oh, I'm good with my couple million. Like, bro, do some research and realize that you're actually probably getting fucked. Yeah. Because everyone's transitioning to this mm -hmm. streaming era without having a proper agreement. You know, because it's like, I feel like with anything, like with the iPhone, you get an update. Everyone gets an update on the iPhone. When this streaming situation happened, no one got like an update on the contracts or whatever. And if it happened, it probably was behind the scenes. No one was all like inquisitively informed. Like, this is how it's going to go. This is what this is what this means. And it seems like nobody cared. Yeah. Everyone's just like, oh, we're still getting money. We're still doing shows, whatever. But this is such a deeper situation. You know, Juice World's, bro, his streams. Let me check right now. Watch. Look at, look at Juice World's streams. From Below the Earth, Buried. From, you know, while he's fucking passed away. Look at his streams. Making more streams and making more noise. And look at this. 30 million monthly listeners. Yeah. On Spotify alone. Yeah. Juice World. A lot of people, a lot of people's favorite artists is not doing that. Bro. Mm -hmm. Alive. Yeah. Bro. That, that, that says. Bro. I'm like. If I click on a, click on a random uh, artist. Let's see. Kodak Black's alive. Obviously. Let's hope he stays alive forever. I love Kodak Black. 26 million. Yeah. And he's alive. Come on, bro. It's like I'm just that's one example right there. So, man, I hope you know, Juice World fans, comment down below. How do you guys feel about this? It's a very if this is new news to you because I know a lot of people are not reporting it. I chose to report it because I feel like it's important. Um, I want her safety, obviously. I hope it's not 100%. fucking a real situation, and I hope people yeah. address it. I hope DJ Scheme, I hope Little Bibby, I hope the grade A uh, team, that whole situation gets addressed to some capacity that's clearly provided for the fans. Because if it is fake, whatever, address it. But if it's don't just ignore it. Because this is this is scary, bro. That's not a deep fake. That's a real video. That's a real face. That's actually her. Um. So yeah, prayers for her and hope that that situation clears out and gets better. Um. Moving on to another artist. Post Malone has dropped his album. This has been his lowest album, selling wise, since his first album. Um. Overall, because his first album, and in general, overall. Out of all his albums, because his first album dropped and it didn't sell much the first week, Stony. But I don't know if you remember when that album came out. That whole year, like months later, that album did numbers. Like it was like a slow burn. Then months later, it did like a hundred thousand one week. Blah blah. Especially when he started performing it. When he went on tour and these albums like blew up more and more. Ooh, I fall apart. Those whole like, classic like post Malone music songs that just blew up after, and it was like damn. 
this is like a slow burn. You know, it's rare to see, and he had that with that album. You, you a Post fan? Oh my God, huge Post Malone fan. Okay. I want to, okay. I, I want to see him live. Like it's crazy. Like you knew, you knew when his album was coming out. You prepared and everything. Like, whoo! Don't get us started, bro. We were on Post Malone uh, SoundCloud. Early. He was yeah. a SoundCloud rapper. No, I'm talking about this recent album. Like, you, oh yes, you yes, knew, yes. Like, the promo and everything. You were getting hit. Yes. Yeah, so I, I was, know you plugged in, plugged in. But I'm saying compared yeah, yeah. to other artists, I was a hundred percent because of just knowing Post Malone. But when it comes to everyone else, I can see where people forgot this album came out because the promotion was bad. There was like a lackluster sense of rollout for the promo of this um, album. A lot of it was him just teasing on like social media. On yeah, he, I saw the interview he did with Zane Lowe. Shout out to Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Whatever. He's a legend, I guess. He has a crazy resume. But come over here, Post Malone. Let's stop <laughs> doing Zane Lowe. Everyone's going to Zane Lowe for these Apple Music interviews. And in my opinion, I love Zane Lowe, but there's a lot of dick riding. Oh, my, it's your best album yet. It's your best album yet. It's not his best album. And how are you going to tell him that to his face before the album came out without the world getting the opinion first? Now we're going to think it's the best album because Zane Lowe said it. It's not, the, it's not his best album. You know, but I guess you got to fucking, I get it. You got to... You gotta, he's in front of your face, so you kind of gotta, you know, for lack of a better term, suck his dick real quick. You gotta suck his dick real quick because he's right there. It's like, you gotta do that, I guess, right? But you got a ranking, you got a rating for for his album? I think it's a seven out of 10. I think it's his worst album, but people take this out of of terms just because, and this is a big hot topic I have. I think this year specifically, a lot of artists dropped their worst albums. Okay. That doesn't mean necessarily it's a bad album. Or that's the worst album that's ever released. I'm talking about top tier artists. Future, I think that's his worst album that dropped this year. I love that album, but I think it's his worst album. Okay. Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, The Big Steppers, I think it's his worst album that he dropped in his catalog. Studio albums. Yeah. Studio albums. But I like that album. I think I it's a good album. But I still think it's his worst out of all his albums. Now Post Malone, again, these are major artists. His worst album. But I still like the album. Specifically, when it comes to Post Malone, I think it's because he got more personal than he ever did. It's more of like a diary type of album. Shortest album he's done, 40 minutes long, 14 songs, 40 minutes long. I think there was like an interlude vibes. So you can count, not count it. So technically, it's 13 songs. And the promotion was not done well. He had a song that came out last year, Motley Crew. Motley Crew, that was kind of dope, a dope vibe. Wasn't on the album. Then he had a song with Roddy Rich cooped up, which I didn't play into it too much. I was waiting for the album. And now here on the album, I love it even more, right? Yeah. But that song came out. That was like the only really promotion single for it. Yeah, yeah. So it was cooped up about the COVID based or pandemic. So feeling cooped up. So you think with, with these with these albums, a lot of these albums got developed. Canned. They got canned, so they're older. They got probably made but to drop last artists, year. Like, like Future, Kendra, Post. A lot of these songs probably got developed. 2020 2021 mm. maybe part of why it's their worst project maybe they're depressed <laughs> they're not outside they gotta make a studio deadline yeah Kendrick, Kendrick <laughs> how you make a song called cooped up yeah. <laughs> you know that's I mean? true that's very true i'm just i'm just saying i'm just throwing it out there like, no, i mean yeah. Ken- kendrick said he had writer's block for like three years or two mm. years from making that album so he didn't say that it's, he didn't say that the only one true. that seems to not have necessarily writer's block block or sadness is future you know, because he's busy, um, you know, uh, cooking chickens and uh, what was that song? Uh, Puff it on Zooties and what's the other song? Uh, that I hate. Oh my God, the one with Young Thug and um, the controversial one. Uh, for a nut. 
Boston bitches, Boston bitches up for nuts, I guess. You know, so congratulations to him for that. But um, future. Aside from that, is definitely this album specifically. I think it correlates to that, like more of like a depressive state of mind, mm. um, time capsule for what he might have been going through the COVID pandemic. But this album, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily horrible. Like it's getting kind of trashed online. His numbers are that's that's not great numbers if we're being honest compared to his previous album, which did like five hundred thousand first week. For Post Malone to do a hundred thousand first week, did he do more than Jack Harlow? Yeah, more than Jack okay. Harlow, but damn near the same amount, right? It's um, pretty much the same. Yeah, it's crazy. They were comparing them on on social media. I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's yeah, white rappers, but is Post Malone is Post a white rapper? Is that how we're gonna categorize him? Because he I came out as a rapper, and the genre of this album is rap hip hop. But I think he's bigger than a rapper. Yeah, he's a pop star, right? And he sings yeah. decent. Not fucking Ariana Grande, but he could sing and he could play the guitar. He could play piano. He's very, you know, talented when it comes to instruments. And he's like a rock star. Like he has rock star energy. But when he came out, it was I guess it was pure rap. You know, White Iverson. But even that was like he was rapping, but it was singing a like a melody rap. Yeah. Like Jack and a Little Dicky's a better comparison than Jack <laughs> and Post Malone. No, legit, definitely. Legit. Legit. They're more nah, bar. They're more like backpack. They're trying to like straight. And little Dicky would eat Jack up. Yeah, I'm little Dicky would eat a lot of people up. Yeah, Don't think true. he's a really great rapper. I sleep on him. I think he's dropping soon, but so uh, he's busy. So you know about you know more about this uh, with the, the streams and the bundles. Yeah. So what is that? What's <laughs> like? I read about that. Like they don't got the bundles, and I'm like, yeah, what, 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 what? Yeah. So I think about two to three years ago, Billboard had made a decision to not count the bundle sales as a part of the sales for the album. First week, especially. So was it including like a T? Was it including so it would like be sign? like people would buy a bundle, right? And the bundle would be a T-shirt or tickets to concerts. Okay. Or uh, sometimes like you can buy the bundle and you get like a potential signed item by me or like um, a raffle type of energy. But maybe. vinyls would count. Like if I put vinyls a vinyl. Vinyls sometimes would be a part of the bundles. But the bundles um people use as a tactic, especially like Travis Scott, I mm-hmm. think. Nicki Minaj, I think the Nicki Minaj user, or yeah, I think cause she, Juice she was complaining that because that was the time when they said that they weren't gonna counter no more. So yeah, because it kind of was unfair because it was like an abrupt okay. change, right? It wasn't like a transitional period; it was like an abrupt change, and it's it's made a lot of people suffer with that. But bundles still drop. Kendrick dropped this bundle not right away, like days after the album came out. Post Malone dropped this bundle not right away. I think like a day after the album came out, but they're available. But I think it doesn't get counted. So the numbers are going to be obviously lower. But I think overall, it doesn't take a big chunk as people kind of make it seem. They try to make it seem like that's the case. Like that's why it's happening. I think it's genuinely like people are just releasing not their best foot forward. And that's fine. Like you're not going to always hit 100%. You can't expect people to hit home runs every fucking time they go up to bat. It's impossible. Especially if you're an artist that goes through real shit. Like these guys go through real shit behind the scenes. So... They're going to drop bodies of work that are not overall loved. Why don't we talk about ticket sales? I think that's more important than 100%. streams. Like, how many people can you get in person to your concert? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I think now, with a lot of these concerts, a lot of tour dates, they've been scheduled, a lot of festivals scheduled and paid for for, like, years because everything got backed up. Mm-hmm. Another thing, because of COVID. So a lot of these artists' tours, a lot of these artists' festivals, it was supposed to happen either last year or the year before, but now it's happening this year because of COVID. 
So that's another situation where you might be buying the tickets now. You might be buying everything now, but these artists already got paid for it, you know, in the past. So maybe that makes them kind of not feel the energy to promote it or be happy about it, sort of sort to say. Um, but they're happening. Uh, Pusha T's next week, I think. At, I was just about to bring that up. At um, Boston. At, it's um, a small little, a small venue. Yeah, I thought it was House of Blues, but it's not House of Blues. It's like, oh my um, God. My God, it's like Big on. Night Live. I looked it up today. It was Big Night Live. It's like a new venue, like 2,000 people only or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I never heard this venue in my life. But I guess, like, okay, fuck it. You know, I guess. $50 he's, tickets. I was about to like, yeah. maybe, maybe make a trip. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I saw one for 40 I was about to pull the ticket. But you can't get trigger. a $50 ticket for Drake for people that compare. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> you can't get a fifty dollars ticket. I think Drake. I paid like a hundred for Drake at um TD Garden. <laughs> you I ain't gonna get a hundred when Drake, I snuck down. When Drake drops, <laughs> no, for, that's I, gonna be four hundred dollars tickets balcony. Yeah, yeah, I got lucky. Nosebleeds up there. No, it's very true. I think the Migos opened up for Drake too. That was a major tour, but yeah, Pusha T, man, that's gonna be interesting. But that's happening. I think Post Malone. I'm not sure about his tour situation. Yeah, at all, but. That's gonna be interesting. I I, I would want to see him on tour. I'll see him on. Tour. I think I haven't yet ever. Not even at festivals. No. Not just um, Eric's um, remember because he played White Iverson. He said like because he came times. here. That was early days when he came yeah. here to Providence. But yeah, I haven't seen him live. So that would be dope to see him because I always liked him a lot. But yeah, comment down below. How do you guys feel? Do you think it's his worst album? Why did his album flop? What is going on? Is it the label's fault? Who's at fault here? Is it anyone or is it just not a good album? Pandemic. Pandemic situation, right? Um, Speaking of situations, let's discuss this. I'm going to connect this to the Charger, though, because it's about to die. I got to play the video. Mark down the time, please. Uh, 1.26. Okay. He's writing down. You're saying in the video is not going to help him out. No, he'll write it down. Yeah, write it down. Text me in the chat real quick. I got you. (laughs) No, because as he skips through, he can see it. And you'll hear it. But when he when he goes and goes back and edit, he's not gonna be like yeah, my loon said eleven twenty. Nigga, he watches this whole thing to see. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Nigga. I'll be up too, too late. I can't do that. An hour and twenty six. Eleven twenty six. Okay. Good enough. Now. What? Getting into college is about more than an acceptance letter. It's a chance to make your So we are. Did you go see Tyler? Yeah. I asked you that. You you saw, how was that? I'm mad I missed that. It was good. I I like him a lot. He was the best performer I've ever seen probably in my life. So far. Damn, I'm mad. It was tied between him and um, Future. Future's really good as well. I just didn't want to go to Worcester. That was my thing. I also saw him that day in Vegas playing the festival. He killed that shit. Mm-hmm. But he takes his performances really good. He's really good as an artist. Like, really, really good. Is he top five right now? I would, so, s- I would say so. Definitely. Especially when you look at, like, um, his freestyle he did this year. The, um, obviously the album, but the album was, like, last year, right? Obviously, but the, he dropped, like, songs. There's a couple songs I think on the Nego album. And he had had a feature. I forgot on whose song. But it was like a crazy ass feature. But regardless, like I think he's just top five. Like he's top five in general. I would say so. People gotta talk about it more. But that's subjective. I don't think so. 
Yeah, but Maroon, Maroon doesn't like him. Maroon doesn't like Tyler. Yeah. But I, I love him. I love him. Bro. His, 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 he's getting more and more focused on his bars, too. He's it's such an eclectic sound that I could get why people wouldn't like him. There was a time I hated Tyler. I'm like, this dude. He just never come right, though. Nah, he, I hear you. I hear you. He, he, he could be Music weird. Music wise and like person wise. Nah, he he's, he could be weird. Weird. He's a unique character. I did like the wig shit, though. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this dude doing? Yeah. Earthquake was my shit, though. Earthquake. You got my earthquake? Yo. No, he's hard. That goes on. But moving on. Um, So this situation, obviously, that's happened in Texas. Uvalde, Texas. There's a mother now, one of the students' mother. But not one of the students that passed away, thankfully. I think it was just uh, another student. It was, it was two students. Yeah. What? She, she saved, she yeah. saved two She saved two kids. students, yeah. Okay. Um, But she's not a mother of one of the kids that passed away right now. No, 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 no she no, saved no. both her kids. I was about to say, because she, she, saved her both she was her very um courageous to give this interview. If she had a, someone that passed away, she would have been very much more traumatized. But um, she still was traumatized, obviously. She went through a situation where she's now revealing to the public and basically... Saying the cops. Saying the truth. Like, what's going on? There's a lot of opinions online about the cops, a lot of rumors. You got it here from the horse's mouth. This mother right here has now spoken publicly. It disconnected from here. It started playing. Right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are standing with snipers and y'all are far away. I'm. If y'all don't go in there, I'm going in there. He... Right, immediately put me in cuffs. She says after Uvalde police officers told marshals to uncuff Gomez, she ran towards the school. As soon as they uncuffed me, I jumped that first gate fence. And once I jumped it, I went to my son's class. And I knocked on the door and I remember the teacher saying, um, I'm like, hey, they're already, they're already um, bulge cutting the fence to get me. She's like, you think we have time to get out? I said, y'all have time, I'm gonna run for my other son. Once she was assured her son was okay, Gomez ran to get her other child, encountering more officers who tried to stop her. So I start yelling and I'm being a cooperative and I'm like, well, y'all aren't doing shit. What are y'all doing? Y'all ain't doing shit. Y'all need to be in here. Give me your vest. Somebody give me a vest. I'm something. I started paying attention to how far the shots were being so that I knew the shooter was all the way still by my first son's class. So when I went to my son, my second son's door, the teacher didn't want to open the door for me. So that's when they started um, escorting me out. And as I, as I see that they're opening my son's door, I go run for my son and I get him. With both of her kids out safe, Gomez still can't shake the thought of those who didn't make it. Yeah. While you were that video of her running school, out with the kids, I didn't even see that. Did you see officers there was inside not one the school? officer inside the school when I in ran to areas. my second son's class. There was not one officer. And you were hearing gunshots, so you knew you that could hear the it gunshots. was an active shooter. It was still active. The gunshots were still active. They were not in there. There was no one in there. If anything, when I pulled out, my car was closer to the school than, the, where, than where the snipers and everybody that was laying on the ground were. When you heard that it took law enforcement. So that right there, <laughs> joke. it just That's confirms crazy. the situation, right, where there seems to be this sort of police fucking, I don't know, what, what can you even call that, biased? Like, what is, it's not even biased necessarily because bias for their own safety in a sense, but what is the protocol? Were they not following protocol? Was that the protocol from the beginning? I would think the protocol would be if you're aware of the situation, what they seem to have a good amount of knowledge of, that there's a shooter, but they saw that it was a young shooter. You 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 have the armor on. You guys have how many guns? 
a lot of guns, right? Mm. You have a lot of guns, right? You're prepared. Yeah. Go in there. Go in there. And if you have these parents that have more balls than these officers to go into the school to try to protect these kids or try to fucking save some of the kids, especially, you know, like she stated, there was a prediction that she made where if they were to, were to have done what she did, the number wouldn't be 19 dead. If any, hopefully zero, but at least it wouldn't have been 19. You could have, let's hope for at least one life being saved, right, amongst the 19 that passed away. But this was rumored online, and then people from out there were talking about it on Twitter. But now we have an actual witness account of this woman, the mother that went inside. I think she was the only parent that did this. I, I saw that there was an, I, I, they haven't spoken up or anything like that, but I saw that. I don't know if it's true or not. That there was another parent that possibly ran in there with a gun and shit themselves. I saw it. I haven't seen it um, at, since I saw that one time. But yeah, no, yeah, it was alleged. Regardless was of that, regardless of that, this woman ran in there unarmed with nothing, yeah. with nothing, some balls. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean to get superhero two kids, superhero, yeah. not one. Two kids, bro. Different classrooms. Too. It's a fucking Different nightmare. classrooms. I don't know how she did that shit. It's a nightmare. I mean, I know because I would do it, but then it's like you don't uh-huh. know until you're really going through it either. And there was, the a lot of, there was a lot of parents who tried too, but they were getting handcuffed. They were getting treated worse than the shooter. That's, that's that just stupid like, as fuck. Crazy. It's like regardless, it's like you got all these cops and shit like that. You're trying to figure out what the situation is inside. You can hear the fucking gunshots. Yeah. You have all these fucking cops. Have them surround the fucking school and not just wait outside or have the the the, the, the major exits and shit like that and just fucking have the other ones run in. Yeah. Especially if you have these motherfuckers suited up and shit like that. Like how fucking go in, bro. Well, she said she, she went in and she heard how far the gunshots were. So you could have done the same, like, Know where the shooter is active at, and let, let yeah, me she distanced herself. Let me say this: If you're like a cop and shit like that, and you know that that's your child's fucking school, you ain't gonna run in there. Yes, you man. you gonna wait too till they tell you you can fucking move in. They waited like fuck that. You're I think they said that. the time. I, I don't know if it was like an hour or I I, I don't know how long a, it was. A story's gonna be an uh, investigation is gonna be had. The story's gonna come out. There's gonna be civil lawsuits. Yeah. Wow. Um, sure. That that that's what it seems like wow. from all the pieces putting it together there seems there seems allegedly to be a massive failure here yes um which is shocking because i just thought it was like a not regular but we're prone to this because we've seen it happen all all the time a regular now shooting and then the cops try to do their best right but now it's like wait a minute they didn't do nothing try to do the best you might have done you potentially allegedly might have done your worst your worst Fuck out of here. So now this is like a wild card situation because I don't think this ever happened really with like a shooting, especially like a school shooting that we know of or publicly known, like a mother speaking out like this, especially. It's never happened. So now this is new. So now what's going to happen? You saying that the potentially there could be, I'm pretty sure as well, like an investigation. I think, I think this happened in uh, in, in Parkland. Um, oh, yeah, the Parkland I think shooting? there was an officer and and I could be wrong we need to fact check this yeah comment down below correct us um i think there i think there was an officer that that got sued because they didn't they didn't do enough mm. I, again fact check that all of that yeah. um but uh yeah i i think that would set precedence for this i would imagine um and i'm i'm not going to say like i'm I, you know 
when I, I, I see a mass shooting, especially especially with kids, uh, I'm 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 a child that witnessed a, a shooting, and like you you take that image with you forever, rest of your life, yeah. rest of your, your life, your life. Mm-hmm. and any single time I see something like that, I'm just like, yo, all those all those you know the kids that survive the harm, you know, that's gonna they're gonna be in spaces where it's like, oh, could a could a mass shooting? Could I get yo? Could I get shot at a random yeah at a random spot? And if an investigation does show that you know the police did not act in the appropriate manner that they should, or someone dropped the ball, um, I just hope they're I hope they're held accountable because eighteen, right? Eighteen, yeah, eighteen. That's 18 years old. I mean, 18 deaths. That's oh, like 19, 19, 19 deaths. The, the shooter was 18 years old. That's, my bad. That's, I mean, that's almost, that's almost a whole classroom. Yeah. Come on. And aside, on, aside from them, uh, one of the teacher's uh, husband also died from a heart attack yeah. because of the experience. Yeah. So it's, it's like. Shit, I don't know. This shit. My, my confusion a, is, is like, how did he get in? And not only that, it's like now what, we've seen this happen other times and shit like that. And it's like. And since you're, like, in the school board, I want to ask you this. Is there, like, nothing, like, being, like, my, my thing is, like, can schools not have, like, a security guard just there? It, it's starting to seem like that's, that's a, like, it's a must. Let me, let, it's like, because, yeah. for example, I went to, I went to Del Sesto, and we had a cop, Bridget and Del Sesto. We had a cop yeah, that the majority of the time. Roger Williams we had, had a cop that it was always, he would chill outside and shit like that because we would always break out in fights and shit like that. It was just fights and shit, but there was a cop there. Um, and today, also, when I was driving by, because I worked nearby Green, I saw that when they were, like, dismissing kids and shit like that, there was a cop outside and shit. But it's like, are we going to continue to let this happen even more and not, you know, like, I, I, obviously, I know that there has to be a lot made behind scenes and this and that, like, to happen and shit, but it's like, come on. That is kind of crazy. Like, I, I just thought about it, that they did only have cops in, like, the schools that were deemed to be, like, bad, bad, bad behavior and yeah. stuff. That's the which only could, line. Which could lead to arrest and other. Yeah. Yeah. So there have been, um, in province specifically, and, you know, across certain areas of the country, there are youth organizations, other organizations that are asking um, for police to be removed from, from schools, whether it's, again, uh, having young people being arrested. <laughs> In school, right? It shouldn't be, we shouldn't have a school to prison pipeline while you go to school, right? So there's all those aspects in terms of the um, counselors, not cops campaigns um, that exist. So you have that aspect, which a lot of research has been done and it kind of shows like, you know, you know, maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't have, you know, cops in, in, in our, in our school system. So you have that policy Mm -hmm. and political um, conversation going on now facing this mm-hmm. right what's going on with the with the shootings and i think even Rhode Island specifically has been legislation introduced about making sure there's two um police officers in, in every school mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. school resource officers so it, making sure that it's in every school and in the situations i think we're, we're talking about with some of the mass shootings that has unfortunately happened in schools there have been police officers in there mm-hmm. right so I think in Parkland there was Sandy Hook. I would love fact check on here, but obviously in here there was a um, school resource officer for in, in in Texas. So that's not even necessary. And there was a whole lot of police officers mm-hmm. surrounding the area. So yeah. that has not been necessarily proven in those ex- in those examples, unfortunately, to have stopped the the mass shootings. God, I don't. I I just you know. 
we not to it, cut you off. John John Oliver did a good piece, I think, yesterday or two days ago, on Maybe that. <laughs> he did a good piece on that um john oliver um policing in school and how schools don't need police and the examples and the kids speaking about that and like how a lot of kids especially black kids obviously were getting fucking arrested and racially profiled by their own cops in their own school and it ruined their record at an early age and especially in inner cities and like how that just needs to be not necessarily a solution but then it's like what is the solution but i do think it's tough I think, in my opinion, purely, it, it starts with a lot of uh, the gun control situation where it becomes too easy to get a gun, easier to get yeah. a gun than to but fucking get a driver's re- license. Regardless if it comes down to, like, the way that I see it is, like, I get the gun control and everything like that, but it's, like, regardless of, like, legally going to purchase something and not being too easy, you can just get that shit anywhere, honestly. It's not even going yeah, but like for, and shit like for that. these examples, like the eighteen-year-old shooter, he oh, literally yeah, he, went on yeah, his birthday to yeah. buy two rifles in the store or whatever type of uh, gun he, he used bought. A handgun. Yeah, and then and he had a rifle too. Yeah, yeah and yeah. They, they probably greeted him with like smiles, like they didn't. Oh, 100%. They they weren't like 100%. um, like extra questions about it, and that was like almost like oh, it was 100%, a fucking bro. like darker. Like it can't get more darker than that. A birthday gift for himself is these weapons that he's gonna buy to kill these children. And he didn't even go to the school. Cause that's my thing. Because the counseling and stuff, it works, right? But I would say, ideally, for these kids to not seek revenge against their own peers and, like, go and kill the, their teachers in their, in their own school. But this motherfucker decided to go kill kids in another school yeah. that had nothing to do with, like, even if he was getting counselor in his own school or whatever, this is a whole other school. So then that's where I think in that situation... And the situation that happened prior, which was the shooting in the fucking grocery store, it's like if these 18-year-olds are not even permitted to fucking buy these guns, they can find them, yes, but they're going to have a tougher time, especially, like, finding ARs and, like, these type of fucking machinery that I don't even know why is that necessarily existing. I get it, but it's like, oh, is this a fucking zombie apocalypse? Like, why do we need these fucking major ammunitions but i had that's a whole other conversation where, I get where, it. where does where does social media play in a role because i think even the um the shooting in buffalo right that he was um on he, twitch he, live streaming twitch live streaming and uh, i think he was posting mm. some things yes, yes. to this and i think with the with the shooting in texas he was posting some things i saw to that this. yes he so was what, what role do does that play i i think we're coming into a very complex mm-hmm. area where yes gun control yes mental health yes uh, our school infrastructure how do we make sure some random strangers just can't pop in yeah you know uh and and also what role do we have to just sort of like prevent this when people were lashing out either in personal structures or online uh about this it's it's way above i think my <laughs> my my yeah yeah it, it just uh it's it's a lot but you know, in politics, we just we boil down to what's more simple to consume. Yeah. So we focus on gun control, which I think is, I, I, again, the 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 Las Vegas shooting, the concert shooting, what sixty people died in a quick amount of time period. What My I would God. argue with people is that do humans really need access to that type of machinery? Type? No, 100%. Yeah, I don't the, see the, as the, to why ARs and shit like that are even obtainable by like regular people. Mm-hmm. Can I get the was it the freedom, freedom, the Second Amendment, like, yeah, the know, Second Amendment? Amendment? I get that, but right, damn, so, bro. Yeah, but automatic like, like, weapons like that—that like, that is like, 
Yeah, I don't get that. What angers me is I think the most, the most majority of people, there's a common ground. I think you could talk to people that are gun owners, see what's going on, and you got people that maybe don't own guns, and you know. And I think if you have people, large majority want to come to a solution. They don't want to see kids get shot. They don't want to see mass shootings. And there's just something broken in our American political system where. We just can't just have some common sense. Whereas background checks, mental health support, a limit on you know the capacity. But there, there are things that can be done. The major problem that every voter should be angry about yeah. is nothing is getting done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. yeah. What are they getting paid for up there? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's really crazy, and we have these examples. Unfortunately, that have to happen to kind of I guess ruffle some feathers, but. Still nothing really being How done. Just conversations, which yeah. is good to have, obviously, always mm -hmm. conversations. The only thing this has been doing is sparking more. The, the wrong side. Yeah. Because it's like you saw what happened in Philly a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah, the shooting in Philly. Yeah, like, you know, you've been seeing this even more and more. Like, it's becoming normal. And now even joking around calling schools and shit like that. So I think, like, come on. I think with schools, like, those establishments, you need to have – Cause oh, when my when my sister's elementary school to get in there you have to get buzzed in the lady you you'll tap the oh, thing yeah, the lady yes, will yeah. be like oh who are you say yourself you know I think every school just needs that like where every door in the school is locked up oh, there's 100%. an alarm system that if that door opens it triggers you know and somebody has to have that control that button I, to I feel like let whoever in th there should be not only just that door but like you know like a little a little space in between. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you got through the first door and shit like that. You got to pass, metal detector, something goes off, the second door ain't going to open. Now you're stuck in between two in a little mm -hmm. room. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you're fucked. Some, you how, how are you going to get out? You know what I'm saying? It co compared to, like, for example, I've gone to, like, my niece's school. I'll get buzzed in and shit like that, and then it's just stairs. You can either infiltrate yourself, go downstairs, or you can just go through the front door. The fucking office is right there. What happens if you if if the first thing they do is clap the office? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who's going? You know, they no, I mean, need them to do whatever the fuck. There's they a want. there's a lot of schools that just doesn't have that even that security. Like you can oh legit no, go around the school and just see like a door crack open or even try to open mm -hmm. it, and bro, it's easy. Like, like classical is easy. I, I to went, get bro. In. I went to classical I after no I graduated. I went in. I got buzzed in and everything. I went to speak with my with my advisor uh, that I had. And then I just kept walking around the whole school. Yeah. Like teachers saw me and everything, and it's like it, it, nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what type of security is happening, oh, yeah. what's going on. It's, it's tough. Yeah. I, I feel like that's something that could easily be fixed. I'm telling you, that whole little room concept thing. I will say I this. I, I think, and it sh probably should happen after Sandy Hook, a review of schools across the country. I think it's just going to happen, like, per city, per town. Everyone's having this conversation. So uh, I, I would imagine there's going to be investments and in looking how we can just make schools more safe. It has to um, be. And, and in like the meantime, I think it's going to happen. And I think it's just struggle to, you know, have direct answers because mm -hmm. then every every building's different yeah. Yeah. in the school. Right. 100%. So it's really just it's really just on elected officials, people or policyholders to be held accountable and figure out, OK, yeah. how do we make sure we continuously prevent situations like this? Not to say that there hasn't been. Um, any either drills, right, mm -hmm. uh, in case something doesn't happen, right, that mm -hmm. happens across the country or other aspects that have been created, but it furthers the conversation in the aspect that 
again, nothing's no legislation is going to be passed. Yeah. I think that also gets lost in the in the media. Yeah. No legislation is going to be passed. You need sixty votes in the Senate. They yeah. they are not. And doing they're not giving that. that. They're, they're not, not giving that. that. So right there, you're done. And elections are going to come up pretty soon, and probably going to have um, a fractured party between Republican control and Democrat control. And we're just we're just so separate. Yeah, because yeah. so the gun the gun the gun um companies don't want to don't want their fucking sales being affected and this bullshit and that whole situation. But it's like, man, I don't know. It's, it's the culture too. It's, it's voters. It's voters. Yeah. In, in certain areas, right? In certain areas, right? I mean, we're we're in a different we're a different area. Yeah. Different different culture. Um, other areas, you know, they don't want to hear anything about gun control oh, no, yeah. and. Yeah, it's a symbolic thing of American gun culture. Safety, you know, American like culture that, is it. the American flag, the bald eagle, hot dog, and a gun. Like that's all symbolic of American culture. Oh, it's crazy, and I love me with some hot dogs. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I could do without the symbolic gun without gesture. Gun, yeah. But know? I've talked to so many people that legal legally own, mm-hmm. um, and we, you know we we have this conversation. I have a eclectic group, and you know. I just feel like, okay, when we talk about these things, and we're like, yeah, we should be doing X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay, why can't that just happen? And oh, yeah. I feel like especially now, a lot of people, even on social media, like it seems to be like a one-set mind. A lot of people, both sides, Republican and Democratic, especially after these situations, are like something needs to be done, which is shocking because it used to be very much more one-sided, but now everyone's coming to a common ground um, because I feel like it's like, obvious like if it wasn't obvious before it's For obvious real. now Jeez. like social media has heightened it as well because so, social media is so strong right now like you can't really try to slip or hide something yeah. it's gonna come to light and always it's, it's not just the parents you know that are in fear and shit like that now it's just the kids are definitely going to you know what i'm saying yeah there's social media now so the kids are definitely finding out about this stuff you know like yeah like even like my my, my brother was trying to hide like what happened in texas and stuff to like my nieces and shit mm. and they went to school the next day and they came back terrified they're like yo like i don't want to go to school it's all over tiktok there's no point they're not gonna hide this shit like it doesn't matter they're gonna hear it yeah. Yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's like what are you gonna do is like oh now you got the parents can shit like that but now the kids don't want to fucking go to school i can you blame them Vote in the midterms. You can't, you can't fucking blame them. Mm-hmm. Vote, vote in the midterm elections. You know what I'm saying? Vote in the midterm elections. Vote in the midterm elections. They don't want to hear that, Travis. They don't want to hear that. That's the problem. <laughs> people, people are like, there's elections this year? <laughs> yes, vote in the midterm elections. Yeah, they don't want to hear it until it's too late. They don't want to hear it. It's the sad truth. They don't want to hear it until it's too late. But um, rest in peace, those kids, obviously, and that Uvalde mother, very courageous. You, you got to Congratulations to her. What the fucking that kid, those kids better never speak back to that mother. Yeah, <laughs> never. That mother. Especially because it's on camera. I didn't know it was on. I didn't see that part where it's like on camera, like her running with them. It's like, yeah, that's real life. She's mother Wonder of Woman. the year. Give her awards. Yeah, she's <laughs> Wonder Woman. Like you think, uh, yeah, that's the real so superhero. Teach them cops how to let the nuts hang. Come yeah, on. yeah, it's crazy, man. Moving on to something more lighthearted, lighthearted though. Um, but still sad. <laughs> Fuck the Celtics lost last night. Um. <laughs> Badly, and the Dominican superstar that gave me a lot of hope, <laughs> my brother from another mother, Al Horford, <laughs> game one. Game. Did we talk about game one here? No, right? Because game one happened after the the podcast, so I don't think we talked about game one here. Yeah, no. Yeah, so uh, game one was phenomenal. Um, wow, stellar performance. First Dominican to ever make it to the fi- NBA Finals ever. But aside from that, he so he gassed them he, up for nothing. <laughs> not not necessarily because he's I definitely feel like you need the horns for that. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
He's a Hall of Famer, man. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Been on so many teams. Was on the Celtics years ago and came back recently. Um, but man, that first game was phenomenal. This whole series now just seems like a fucking like a like a fucking I don't know like a rigged type of vibe because it feel like they're just trying to go to Game Seven. Like it's really crazy, bro. Like that happened um with uh, I think this it happened with something recently, but I just knew I felt it. With this, the Celtics winning, okay, they win game one. I'm assuming second game's going to be close. A blowout the other way around. It's like, what the fuck? And then he only scores two points. I think, uh, who else only scored two points? It was Horford and um, Marcus Smart, only two points. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? So it just gives me the vibe of like, yo, this so, league is like so, so sketchy. If Celtics win third game, that's it. Nah, that, game- that got to come out as weird as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like they, that little pattern. Back and forth. I mean, they, well, not necessarily. Back to Boston, if though. if the Warriors win it, but then sports, if the but. Celtics win um game four, it could be either war. As long as if it goes to game seven, then it's gonna confirm my my feeling of like what the fuck is going on here, right? But at the same time, it's like I'm not putting it fully on the players. I get it. Anything happens. Anything is possible. But man, it's really weird how this shit is happening. Like, it's not even a close win or a close. It's like bro, dramatic wins like what the fuck is going on like how are you gonna be down 20 and then randomly come back do you you think the three-point aspect because what made celtics do the turnaround is that they were getting hot on the threes right so i think just just mathematics like the threes will ice you out you get hot that's what it is too because they went to they went to 30 uh last night they went to 30 quick right up yeah with jordan pool with that 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 crazy three and i was like i think i tweeted i was like it's over. <laughs> like that's Bro, it. Jordan Poole. Oh, was it end of was it end of the third quarter that he hit that? Yeah, that, that, I think that so. Crazy. Fourth quarter, they Fourth quarter they started going crazy. crazy. So yeah, I mean the, the War- third splash brother. That's what they call him now. The oh my Warriors, god. The Warriors is a shooting team. Like that's all they want to do. All they do. Shoot threes. Every pretty much play they scheme up, pick and roll. Somebody's going to three. So. AKA they're bitches. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't going to the paint. They ain't going to the paint. <laughs> but it's like uh, they if they don't need to, bro. Yeah, no, nah, they, they and they're getting they're getting more points for it. Nah, for real. Yeah, they, that's their thing. They're three. No one got that dog so. in them. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that about the heat. Like they just kept yeah, saying that. They really <laughs> get, no one got that like dog that. in them. Nah, but I mean, yeah, that's that's tough to compete, man. Those threes is really tough. If you ain't hitting back. I'm excited. I think when is it Wednesday? In two days. Two days. Yeah. Two days from now or tomorrow. If you're listening today on Tuesday, Celtics are gonna go for Game Three. I think it's gonna be in Boston now against the Golden State Warriors. It's gonna be interesting to see how that goes. But I'm definitely tuned in and watching. But goddamn, I think I don't know, man. It's so weird. I I I really hope there was gonna be more of like a clear, decisive, like you know how this is going. But you really can't tell. Like it's like it's crazy. They go crazy one game, then then they go crazy the next game. But I really feel like the the Warriors definitely gonna win this for so some reason. Warriors in seven. I'm gonna predict the Warriors. So Warriors is tied one one. So the, whoever wins the next three games, I would say Warriors in six. I feel like the Celtics will win, but the Warriors are gonna the, the, the Warriors are gonna win the next two games, and then it's gonna be oh what's gonna happen? Are they gonna and then the Celtics are gonna win? It's gonna be two three, and people are gonna be like oh the Celtics are gonna come back. Then the Warriors are gonna shut it down. Boom, right there, and then win the championship. I think that's what's going to happen, yeah. literally. Um, I do want to see the Celtics win. I'm not a Celtics fan fan. I grew up a Celtics fan. I'm more of like a, a uh, I'm about to say Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> King James fan, billionaire, LeBron James fan, uh, Laker fan. Wherever he goes, I'm going. But grew up a Celtics fan, and 
very biased to the New England spirit energy. And I love Jason Tatum. I love the whole team that they have right now. I love this team. I think it's going to be a very successful team throughout the years if they keep it how it is. That coach is doing a hell of a job. Congratulations to him. Nice. But I don't know if they got it in them to go go crazy again. Horford gave me a lot of hope. I think he could have another crazy game. But to keep it up consistently is going to be hard because they weren't playing like this throughout the season necessarily. Like They were good, but not necessarily how they played game one. Hell no, bro. So unless they randomly strike gold, Curry pulls a fucking hamstring or something, God forbid, but I kind of want No, I'm just saying. Pull the hamstring. Pull the hamstring. LeBron is the only one to beat in the finals a healthy Warriors team, right? Because when Kawhi beat mm. the Warriors, they were, they were, it was Someone down was to down, just right? Steph Curry. Mm, yeah. I think they lost Clay to Rant and Clay. Yeah. I just think they are like close to unstoppable unless you have a god yeah play against him and even that they need a draymond out for one of those games he got suspended because he's always doing some crazy stuff right um i just that's how i feel about the warriors i think they're kind of like the the patriots Mm. of of the nba oh yeah like they are just unstoppable they're they're always winning yeah but even though i'm not a boss fan yeah i got mad love for tatum Marcus Smart, love how he plays. Al Harford, like this is a great team to watch. Yeah. I did not expect this at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people didn't, because especially like random like moments like Derek Willie, uh, Derek White, Derek White going randomly, crazy with threes. Like know. random like moments just happen with with the Celtics that leave people like, oh shit, like they got some first pieces. year coach made it to the first finals. year coach right away. Crazy, and it's like that transition was crazy too, because going from Brad Stevens to him. Yeah. But then I think Brad Stevens is still on the team. He he's moved up. Yeah, he just made the guy move up and shit. Or whatever. They switched positions, whatever. It was like a bold move, but it worked. So far, it worked. If, if he had beat the Celtics, I think he would have been swept, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that dog ain't going to win against the Warriors. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Whatever Butler's doing, that was not gonna yeah. win against Tyler Hero was gonna supposedly come out of uh, the injury. Tyler Hero, but oh, okay, yeah, that would help a little bit. It would have helped. I don't a think he was one hundred percent. Tyler Hero, yeah. um, I'll go back to rapping with Jack Harlow. Tyler Hero, <laughs> um, Devin Haney won uh, the boxing match this past weekend. He beat. Um, damn, why am I drawing blank? I watched that fucking fight. Who the fuck did he beat? <laughs> Here comes the sports. Anxiety. Every time I talk about sports, I forget a fact and I sound like an amateur. Um, he beat some bloke. He beat somebody. Oh, uh, bloke. It was a bloke. He was from overseas. <laughs> I didn't even know. Australian. Uh, <laughs> Did he not George Cambosis. Cambosis. No, it went all 12 rounds, but he beat him, and now he's the new undisputed champion. I think light, uh, lightweight of the world. Um, and it was a great fight. Shout out to Devin Haney. I love his boxing. I think he's one of the best boxers. It was a great fight to, match, uh, to watch. Um and yeah, there's a couple other boxing matches coming up this year. It's a great time to watch boxing if you're not into boxing. I would definitely recommend it, getting into it right now. A lot of young stars, and Devin Haney's one of them. Um, for Who's going to take over for the heavyweights? Oh, his homeboy's retiring, right? Tyson. Tyson I think Fer- so. Yeah. That's I what think they're saying. He's, uh, he's, uh, well, he he's, could be he's, playing around for entertainment. Yeah, he's he's the best right now, though. But I, I think he might be playing for entertainment. I think he, I think he has some more in him, a couple more fights in him. He's a star, though. He's another star. Yeah. People compare it to fucking Muhammad Ali, but I think that's a stretch, but I get it. He's really great, you know? Real, real quick, before we get into a couple questions for Travis, we have um the TV show update. So there's a couple new TV shows that came back. 
or new seasons of already existing TV shows. We have The Boys. Season 3 is back on Amazon Prime. Phenomenal show. One of the best shows I've seen in my life. The Boys. You watch The Boys? No. Love it. You Love watch the boys? the boys? Yeah, I think I put Brian onto The Boys. He loves The Boys. Bro, The Boys is... You watch all, th- all three episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Episode 1 of the first of the new season. That whole concept, because for those who don't know, The Boys is basically a dramatic example of what life would be with superheroes existing in the real world. But I think it's the best example compared to like Marvel. I feel like that's how superheroes would be if we were actual superheroes right now in real life. Because think about it. You think these rappers and these people, us, we get depressed and stressed. Imagine being a superhero, having to save people's lives every day. Mm -hmm. That's what you would be just like this show. So I would definitely watch it if I'm you. And aside from that, <laughs> wait, wait, let me let me ask you a question. So dramatic and entertaining. Let me ask you a question. Uh, do you do like spoiler tar- a spoiler? Yeah, alert we get spoiler tags? spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, what do you think is gonna happen with a uh, Homelander and a uh, Starlight? Right there? Yeah, I think because that was a crazy spin. Yeah, I think Homelander. I don't think he's gonna die. I was I had a feeling he was gonna die, but this season they can't kill him because this show's so successful that they're probably gonna do more seasons, right? Unless they want to end it with this season, they would have to kill him. But I think something dramatic's happening. Probably Starlight's gonna die. Um, but I hate the guy. But I almost want to meet the actor because I feel like he plays that role so well that I hate him so much. It's like it feels like real life. <laughs> like bro, I fucking despise <laughs> you, but you're oh so gosh. good. Like he's so good, bro. He's so fucking good. But the first episode was crazy with the fucking basically their version of Ant Man. This guy that like, turns into like a small person. Oh my god! And he was gay, yeah. and he goes into this guy's <laughs> penis. He enters his pee hole, <laughs> and then. He fucking rubs his penis to like make him like come, but then while he's inside his penis, he sneezes. What the fuck are you watching? <laughs> so when he sneezes, he becomes like a human again. Oh, so he kills inside. the guy oh, because he sneezed. He shit. he fucked up because that's against his power. Because that's how it's similar to Ant Man. Ant Man is pretty similar. And Amazon then he became, Prime got to send a check. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> his body exploded. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? And then the people walk in, and they're just staring at him. And then he turns into like a tiny person to like try to kill them. Cause he's a tiny person, but he has human strength, so like a like a big person. It's it's incredible. The show, they really do go hard with like the dramatic effect and like, it's dramatic. But I, I again, I feel like that would have happened. Like if someone had that ability to become an Ant Man, you think that they're not gonna be going inside pee holes? It's it's dark humor. I think a people lot are gonna be going inside dick holes. I'm yeah, sorry, it's gonna it's, happen. You gonna go in some not dick me. hole if you're small? Not Rick me, but there's gonna be. We're probably going Drake's dick. Nah, 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 nah. These guys, a couple comedians. Maybe not Drake, but Kanye. Kanye is your Kanye. Nah, but that shit. I I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was a butthole because on Twitter it looked like a butthole, and I watched the show. I'm like, it's a fucking pee hole. But what the fuck was the whole point of him making him? I don't want to get into. No, because he's gay. He's gay. Get into this. That's the thing. I actually was like, how is that gonna be pleasurable? That was my question watching it. But the guy That's broke it down. No, the guy broke it down. He was saying the words or whatever, uh, like touch this, whatever. So he probably scientifically, they probably went, he probably yeah. did it already before. I have no idea. That shit was crazy though. I was like, what the fuck? That's so well, like such a memorable, especially for a first mm-hmm. episode. It's like, <laughs> you're going to remember that image forever. Like what the fuck? Remember when that happened on the boys? But I, I love the show. I would recommend it hundred percent. P Valley's back. Uh, P Valley's a show on stars. These strippers, Season two, I think is bad so far. I'm not gonna lie. Episode one was horrible. I'm sorry. I think it was a bad episode. Obi Wan Kenobi's uh started. It's a new series on Star Wars. Star Wars has this Disney Plus deal, and they do like the series shows. I think it was Bubba Fett before. Now we have the new one is Obi Wan Kenobi. 
I don't like it so far either. Uh, I don't like it. And there's a racist situation with the actress, the black actress on that show, that a lot of Star Wars fans are being racial like against her, like sending her death threats and DMs. And she's going through it. Similar to, I forgot his name. Was it John Boyega? Was it John Boyega? I think it was John Boyega. I might be wrong. I think it was John Boyega that that, that was uh, incorporated into the Star Wars franchise a couple movies ago. And he faced the same type of similar backlash because obviously if you look at the traditional Star Wars movies, there wasn't really black characters other than Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. But there wasn't like a major character um, that was black. And then now they're facing that scrutiny. But I think that her character is not that great. I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of the fans hate the character, so they want to make it racial when they don't need to. She's just, it's not that good of a character. She's a good actress, but it's not, and it's definitely not because she's black. Like, that's just fucking idiocracy, but that's how Star Wars fans are, unfortunately. Stranger Things, uh, volume one of season four came out. Phenomenal. Um, I loved it. it. I loved it. You watched it yet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I think it was very strong. I think it's the best season so far, and it's gearing up to be because the finale's got to be crazy. Spoiler, spoiler. You think they're going to kill Homegirl at the end? Which one? Uh, the one where Nancy? she was, uh, yeah, 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 where she was stuck in. Uh, I think so. Sinker. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna I kill her. Someone that has episode. to die. Yeah, someone has to die. I think it's the last season ever. Yeah, it's the last season. So ever. a couple of people are gonna die. I think everyone might die. And also, if you're <laughs> Stranger Things fans, like you, you probably would have watched it by now, right? How, how long is this? Oh been yeah, out? yeah, 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 yeah. My my, I did a reaction with my brother-in-law, my little my girlfriend's little brother, and he watched it the first day. I was like, "What the fuck, bro? Yeah. How'd you watch it first than me?" And the episodes are long as hell, like two hours long. The last episode was like two last hours time, long. Yeah. Damn near. It's like, God damn. These yeah. are movies, basically, you're watching back to back. Yeah. Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad spinoff. Uh, season finale coming soon, I think this week. Morbius, the Jared Leto movie. He's like a Spider-Man villain, but it's like a Sony Marvel movie. It's only Sony. It's only Marvel movie I haven't watched yet. It's been the, the Morbius movie, but it's trending it was so bad. It had like low box office sales, but it's trending on Twitter every day. People are making jokes about it. Like it's Morbin time and like it's Morbin time and like a Morbius, whatever. And Jared Leto did like a whole skit thing and he posted it and went viral. But that movie is getting so much like Twitter, like fame and like attention. The interactions are crazy, but it's because it's so bad. They're saying I still haven't watched it. I might watch it tonight, but I want to watch it um, to see how bad this movie supposedly is. But that is it mo- going to go on Disney when it, when it streams? I think technically it should, right? But then it might not because it's Disney Sony because Venom didn't go on uh it's Marvel Sony because Venom didn't go on on Disney. I don't think you can see Venom on Disney. I'm saying because of the popularity, someone some streaming service is going to make money. Oh no, that. whenever it launch whenever it lands, yeah, I'm waiting for it to land on one, but I'm going to just watch it illegally online allegedly. Um <laughs> Because you can watch it in HD online. Why am I going to go? You know, at, <laughs> they re-released it in theaters, I think, this weekend. And it did like 100K. It did a decent amount. And people were like, what the fuck? This movie's doing numbers again. But it's because people hate it so much that people are watching it. It's pretty wild. Um, and lastly, there's a show on Netflix that's trending right now, Love on the Spectrum. I recommend people watching it. It's about these people who go on dates and they're looking for love. And they all have autism. And it's about autistic people seeking love. People young and there's literally like 60-year-old men who haven't been with the girl in 40 years and or even their whole life. There's one guy that he, in his whole life hasn't been with one. And you see these genuine interactions. I was like tearing up a couple of times. It was crazy. Like these, these episodes are pretty, uh-huh. really insane, bro. I swear to God, like these episodes are... And I thought at first, I'm like, ah, oh, they're making a fucking like 
what they making an like autistic show like why would they do this like but then you watch it and it's like oh this is why it's very wholesome and it shows you the humanity side of things and it makes you appreciate your life for how it is right now and at the end of the day autistic people exist like they're normal people just like us there's just they have autism and they have to deal with things certain ways but i would recommend watching it it's on netflix it's called love on the spectrum phenomenal name too because like people on the spectrum is like love on the spectrum i'm like oh wow it's really dope but i'm glad netflix went from ultimatum to, to love on the spectrum more. yeah <laughs> bro more. that's true what, is netflix the new vh1 kind of it's gearing up that way because like they're kind of falling to the side aside from the classics when they make a comeback stranger things but stranger things is here but they're gone like this is the last season now people kind of go to netflix for the love shows like they have so much love shows it's crazy i can't keep up with it but love on the spectrum bro you watch that shit i'm telling you you're gonna be like what the fuck okay it's gonna take the what does it say take the cake or whatever people say okay i forgot that that i hate that term i guess some kleenex <laughs> <laughs> definitely and lastly um Let's uh, discuss a couple things. For those who don't know, our guest today, we appreciate you for being here today, Travis, very much so. Thank you. Thank you very no, much. Thank you. Hopefully come back in the future 100%, especially when it comes to discussing these school and political things happen locally. I think you're very good at it, and I think you would be a very dope perspective to have yeah. going forward in the city. People need to hear from you when it comes to this. And if they don't, where can they follow you on, on Twitter? You tweet a lot about this stuff. So just my name, Travis Escobar. Travis Escobar. On the way to own it. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. Um, but for those who don't know and they might be interested, what do you do? What would you say Travis Escobar does if they're asking you right now? Yeah. So it's actually a question I like I struggle with internally sometimes because, you know, my, my full time job is I, I manage community relations for, you know, a financial institution, essentially like help give out grant money and, and, and sponsorship dollars to nonprofits. But then uh, I've I'm a I'm a co-founder and I'm a board chair of Millennial Rhode Island mm. networking organization. So out here doing networking for young professionals in the state and um, also doing like financial literacy workshops and other different professional development workshops in the state. And then I'm part of a liquor brand uh, startup, uh, Poppy's Coquito. Uh, you know, thank you for having us as a business spotlight. Fire, by um, the way. Yeah, you yeah. tasted it. That <laughs> show was fire, bro. Yeah. yeah, I need. I might need to invest, yo. Let me know when the investment <laughs> thing's open because that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, and you know, it's a, it's a really exciting, um, it's a, it's a really exciting endeavor, and a lot of people have really enjoyed the product. And for people who've never tried Coquito, it's a um, cream liqueur product, originates in Puerto Rico, um, has coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, a rum base flavored, and uh, represents for at least for a lot of Puerto Rican culture holidays family uh but can be drank all year round um so in terms of just doing all those projects and i'm on the providence school board and it's one of those things where at the end of the day i'm really sort of like a kid from the hood from the south side of providence that you know first in my family to graduate high school college and has really been looking to try to take as many opportunities that sort of been been handed in me mm -hmm. and one of the things like i'm just a big idea person like i love just thinking about what's next what's a vision you know like what what can be what can be done to improve um systems um so i've been trying to use a lot you know use my skill set you know in these aspects right whether it's again finding a nonprofit, being part of this look brand startup working for a major uh corporation um i'm more just me and my skill set and you know i think in any atmosphere environment i'm in i i sort of bring 
I bring value. But it's one of the things I've been thinking about because I have so many, you know, at least, at least mm-hmm. in Providence, around, I have, you know, all these brands, like people that know me from. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know me from that. Oh, you know, you know me from that, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's true. You're, you're a man with many hats. You know, you wear many hats, but it's definitely um, a blessing and dope to see, you know, because people are so accustomed to living the stereotypical life, but you are breaking that mold, especially for your family, for your culture, your age group, everything. And I think it's very dope. What would you say, since you're someone of such knowledge when it comes to the city and such influence, you know, when it comes to the city, because you've been around such, you know, a large demographic of young kids, especially now that we know you're part of the school board and you're doing a lot of programs soon or you already, the ones that you've already done and events and stuff of that nature. I think you said you have a summer, a summer one coming up or is it? So one of the, one of the things that, uh, so for millennial Rhode Island, which is different from what I was talking um, off podcast, uh, we have a entrepreneurial pitch scholarship program with the Mm -hmm. Lieutenant governor's office. Um, We had to take a pause last year because of the transition between the governor, Lieutenant governor um, this year, but pretty much we've handed out actually Providence uh, detailing was one of the winners for the entrepreneurial pitch scholarship. Okay, he told me about this Yeah, at the Met. Um, yeah, so Met, but uh, I think they, we were at Lincoln. I think we were at Lincoln CCRI where, where they won and, and, and they did it. Yeah, it was mm. number one best hands-down business, which is great. I was like, yes, a Providence business. Yeah, shout out to Alejandro. Yeah. <laughs> Alejandro, he's a beast. Um, but yeah, we have a partnership with them where, uh, you know, we help fundraise some money, get some judges, and high schoolers go out and you know apply pitch a business and we just mm-hmm. give scholarship dollars um and you know through through my employer i get opportunity to create some either after school programs for financial literacy summer programs with financial literacy that's some of the stuff i'm working on now and why that's so important to me is because when i was when i was in school like the opportunity to learn about credit financial literacy right like all these all these things like that was very was foreign that? to me i didn't learn about any of this stuff until you know tw- in my mid-20s i was 26 probably with a really bad i definitely with a really bad credit credit not much in my savings account driving around a 99 pontiac that had uh the the airbag popped out that was like with duct tape and like uh, um one of the uh radar uh radar um, I don't know, some metal piece like sticking on the ground, <laughs> like driving that. Um, still doing good in my dating life at that point when I was single, <laughs> which was surprising. <laughs> but, you know, that's how, I was, that's how I was driving around. Oh, and no radio and no heat. Uh, I mean, Oof. and no AC, no AC. So I'll drive around in the summer. Been there. Um, Been there. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's important. And the reason why, I, you know, I put myself in that situation because I wasn't, you know, saving my money. I was spending my money recklessly. I didn't I didn't really care about credit and all that. So as much as I can bring that education to people, whether that's in high schools or young professionals, which we've done a lot of that work throughout the years with mm-hmm. Millennial Rhode Island, educated about, you know, hundreds of young professionals that are buying a first home, setting up a budget, you know, all of those different topics. Uh, it's yeah, it's important because we I don't think we talk about money enough in our in our culture, in our society, a lot of people are kind of afraid to talk about money. And I agree. I say I say that shit a lot. It's like a, I guess because it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. But you got it. You got to talk about it. I learned. Yeah, you got to talk yeah. about it. Um. So, 
Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say the main question, especially to end it, because uh, you said all that stuff so beautifully. So now when it comes to this city, because obviously this is something that is affecting all the seeds and your seeding, you're part of the seeding process. I like saying with the city and the young people, entrepreneurs or just children now in school. But now the future, where do you see the future Providence five to 10 years from now? So that's that's interesting. Um, in 2014, I came out of college and I had, I think, like $100 and I bought I bought business cards that said my name. It said where I graduated college, graduated from Rhode Island College, uh, my email number. And I was like passing those cards everywhere. At Rhode Island College, I was student body president. I was really active, really engaged, right? Uh, first, my family graduated college. I was like, I got to grow a network. I got to grow a network. I love this city. I want to be involved in this city. I want to be active. Want to refer And um, it led me to go meet with uh, Judge Alors at the time, right? <coughs> so I'm riding, I'm riding around with him for seven months. You know, he goes against uh, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the individuals that they thought would be mayor, obviously once famous Buddy C. Anthony. So I think about the city in 2014 where I was like door knocking, meeting with a lot of different individuals through this campaign. And, you know, Buddy didn't didn't lose by that much, right? Mm-hmm. An individual that a lot of people love, right? Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Um, a, lot of, a lot of historic things happened under his administration but then you know you could talk about the corruption a lot of those aspects too and alorza didn't win by a lot he won but you know it was cool yeah so all right let's fast forward to where we're at now it's a city that i just i just went um apartment shopping i haven't went that route to go buy um a house yet for a whole host of reasons and um you know uh rental prices are crazy in the city so i don't know what type of individuals are going to be able to live in the city when you're talking about future five to ten years especially mm. when you have individuals that can come from boston do remote work escape a lot of the really tough rents that exist in boston yeah. and they can live in providence or live nearby in um in rhode island so that's a big fear the schools have not gotten better in the past eight years right i think i think anyone that's not a controversial statement i think anyone would agree you could add a little COVID to it it's under state control so it makes it less it makes it more difficult for families and students to feel engaged in terms of the process of holding control over their education um and we talked about the pension aspect like the, the city financially has its troubles and issues yeah but then we have a lot of people that are creators that are making it um doing their thing and figure out a way to keep the city thriving, whether that's individuals like yourself promoting Providence through, I, you know, the, the number one platform that's being produced in Rhode Island, right, to put people of Providence onto a, a, a bigger platform. You got individuals that are uh, starting up restaurants, buying houses, becoming landlords, um, putting people on in general. And as much as we could say negatively about the Providence Public Schools, we have a lot of great individuals that graduate through our school system, right? We have great colleges. Um, it's a, you know, I love downtown. 
and I love Broad Street. I, I love just the culture of the city. I guess my number one fear for the next five to 10 years, especially with rent control, you know, the, the rents that exist here, um, the wages being stagnant, just like the, the high cost of living that can exist, you know, will we be able to retain that culture uh, in the city? And since we have an election, especially for, you know, mayor and for big positions, you know, individuals that love the city really need to hold the individuals that want to run accountable. Right. You know, what are you going to do about housing? Like, give me a plan for today. Don't say we're going to build X amount of units 10 years. No, there's rent there. There are families in the city that are getting that got rent increases 40 percent. Right, just randomly. It's like, hey, you were paying this rent? Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday's price, not today's price, right? Like that's it. Forty percent, you gotta deal with it, right? Yeah. Um it should be illegal, but it's legal and it's happening. Broad Street, I saw, you know, I grew up on Public Street. I saw uh, an apartment there, one bedroom apartment being advertised on Zillow for one bedroom, fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Legitimately, when I when I'm out here apartments and in every single apartment I'm going into um with my with my girlfriend. You know, we both make good money. We're young professionals. People know us. We're out in the community, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we could afford, obviously, we could afford, like, to live downtown if we want. But then you don't want to spend all this extra money and then be yeah. kind of, like, handicapped on on all these things. So we're going to apartments. We think, like, you know, we, we you know, we're going to do this. And, you know, in that gap year between when we tried to buy a home or something like that. And whether it's apartment 1600 on West End, there's like 20 people that I don't think is really from the city. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I'm born and raised in the city. I'm trying to live in the city. I'm trying to invest in the city. I'm trying to do everything I can to own, you know, if I have a family, have kids that come through here. Um, but the business I'm part of, Papa's Coquito, we're in Pawtucket. Mm-hmm. Right. And it comes to a point where it's like, how much can someone like me, who's been a huge cheerleader for this city, right? In a lot of ways I want to do, and legitimately, even right now, like sacrificing, like taking my girlfriend, I'm like, look, hey, I know you're looking at houses in Warwick. I know you're looking at places in Cranston, but let's try to stay in this city. I also want to make a difference in the school system. How how much where it becomes, like, is it arrogance? Is it like, is it become, like, it just goes against what is was feasible what i really should be doing what's best for for my interests in the city whereas i see all the people and they can just afford it they come out of state and 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 i'm the i'm the yeah. choose rhode island guy right in that aspect but if i feel like i'm being pushed out god i can't imagine you know my, my family my family they live in providence um their whole life they, they bought a house in Cranston for, for the best like, they got a pool and everything like that. And I think that's part of breaking generational poverty sometimes. Like, your family got a pool. And, you know, <laughs> like, that's part of it. Symbolic. Yeah, yeah, symbolic, right? So that's great. But it was also kind of like, you know, they, they live in Providence, you know, forever. But, you know, is Cranston was the, you know, that was the success and a, a complete blessing and all that. So for the future of the city, I am part optimistic because I do think the younger generations want to see change um but then there's kind of like this realism aspect where i don't know if our policy makers are looking to make an impact like right now mm-hmm. especially when it comes to housing especially when it comes to education and when you fast forward 10 years from now 
I fear you're going to get a lot of talented people that were born and raised here, wanted to invest in here, and they end up, they bought that suburban house mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere. So what's the culture of this city? Yeah. And what do we want it to be? It's true. It's very true. Perfectly stated. I agree. It's, it's scary right now. I know someone specifically, they're probably going to announce it publicly on their own time, but someone specifically that's impactful in the city and they're permanently moving. I learned today they're permanently moving out of the city to Atlanta, I believe. And that's not just a single story. It, like You hear that a lot. It's been happening. A lot of people are deciding to do these type of situations, especially because of the common sense like oh i can't afford this then let me make my life easier why make my life harder so a lot of the culture as as uh, aspect of things is going to be in question because people obviously it's survival of the fittest like you rather you know save money look at different options for your family if you gotta leave the city you gotta leave the state that's just it's doable so why not do it? a lot of people are looking at like why not do it so that's the case for a lot of people you know uh, I'm here though. I'll, I'll try to be here as long as <laughs> as I can. I think I'll, I I want to be here forever. Strangely enough, yeah. And you know, you your platform, everything you created. Like, how do we get the city to invest in this to make sure you yeah. you grow, right? Um, even though you're not not located in problem, <laughs> right? Which is another thing. One right? exit away. One exit away, though. Right, really, really close. But well, again, I to, how do we get the state? To. How do we like? It's just, it goes back to not only how do we protect our creators of color, but how do we uplift? Um, and, you know, this city says we're, we're the creative capital. Providence is creative capital. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how are we investing in our creators? Like, bike lanes are cool and great, <laughs> um, but, again, how do we make sure individuals are getting access to grants investments yeah um building their businesses i think about young artists like isanel you have had isanel probably a good podcast but like some of the information yeah yeah, no she's uh she's killing it putting murals out everywhere and i'd be thinking like yo can the city invest in her in terms of like helping her build a business and maybe maybe that maybe a lot of that's maybe a lot of that's happened but i don't it's like i want a mayor that's gonna be like yo did you see the CA pod. Did you see Isanel's mural? Did you see this young oh, artist? Oh, Isanel. Yes, I know Isanel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was. I never met her, but I thought it was. Um, sign. I thought it was pronounced differently, but I've definitely seen her work. I want to have her on the podcast soon. She's definitely going crazy, going hard, doing murals for all the restaurants, all the clubs, all the fucking. I think she did all like those. Um, what are those things that are on the corner of almost of every street? Like um, electricity boxes, mm-hmm. electricity boxes. She paints them. Very beautifully as well. But, yeah, I agree with you. Hey, man. Jorge, Lords of the Mayor, anybody listening? Providence, Rhode Island. Give me 1% of that bi- <laughs> that bike lane that bike lane budget. And, I, I'm and, not, see, and I'm not anti-bike lane. And see what I'm going to do with <laughs> that money. Because, God damn it. I swear to God. <laughs> and I'm not, uh, I like bike lanes, but in the proper places. I'm not going to lie. Who's biking? <laughs> right, nobody biking I, in I people don't know. biking. People are no, biking. People are biking. Gas, but it's like, come gas on, like, prices, I, I can see it now. There's a bike lane on Manton. Like, yeah, really? come on. Yeah, I live on Manton, and that's that's so crazy, man. That bike lane. That shit lasted a day. Yeah, it, got, got, it got destroyed. Got destroyed the next, come on, bro. Yeah, it got destroyed really it, easily, really fast. But, like, how many press conferences we had about that? Again, I'm not anti-bike lane. <laughs> when I traveled to Amsterdam, and I've seen other, I'm like, 
All right. Like, I, I can see I can see a concept of the future. Yeah, Except have, the winter. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Except That's the winter. Thing. That's the thing. But, I, and, and maybe, you know, people that are bike activists, there's a whole host of reasons, even safety reasons, because, like, Broad Street could maybe use streets a little narrow. I don't know. Uh, things like that. People be driving a little too reckless. But, um, you know, we put press conferences out like that. And, I, yeah, I think those things are important for the future of the city. But where's the press conference about, hey, rent's increasing. Yeah. I saw $1,500, yeah. one-bedroom apartments. Uh, like, w- where is the candidates and the people that are like, rent is increasing. This is my plan right now because I'm angry. Yeah. I don't see a lot of anger. And, you know, I felt that way That's when I was going apartment searching. I'm like, I'm angry. I'm in a position where it's just like, you know, I just I try to make my own change in my own way. And, you know, I advocate on, on these issues. Um, but what I really need to see, I really need to see just more energy and more anger feeling that mm-hmm. people don't feel their kids are safe in school. Yeah. People can't afford these rents and these housing prices going on. People are looking for jobs and opportunities. People want to start business. Yeah. Pro- Pretty sure you would w- love to have had your studio in Providence, right? Mm-hmm. People want someone in their elected office going to cheerlead the city. And we need that consistently. 100%. Um, and if we have that, if we get that, if we get people... That you know, like like y'all holding individuals accountable, and again, doing your quick googles on who's who's the candidates and who's best to serve, and you go and vote. Um, Make some changes. That's that. I mean, that's the way to do it. And these people are free. You can you can run into these people all the time. Ask them. Yeah. Ask them. Be like, hey, what are you gonna do about this? Yeah, no, I believe it. I believe it. Listen, give me uh, how old am I now? I'm twenty twenty four. Give me. Give me six years. I might I might run for mayor if I feel like it. If you want. Six years. Maybe maybe less. Who knows? I might. might I might. It's I only might. four years a cycle, so you'd have to do four or eight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think uh, a lot of change is definitely needed. It's a sense of where it's beautiful, and they're trying to make it more beautiful, but it's like you can only paint a pile of shit with fucking beautiful paint for so long. It's like there's a problem here. You got to fix it, like. There's actual situations that, you know, damn near life or death. Like people are worried about their money, worried about the house that they're living in, the roof over their heads. I'm pretty sure like I uh, the bike lane looks beautiful, but they don't care about a bike lane. They care more about like what can be done about this rent. Is my landlord allowed to raise this this much? What is the can the city do something about this? So, you know, I think there's this different um different lanes, you know, pun intended to that can be taken, but we get some mayoral candidates on you. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely ask them, ask them the tough questions. hundred percent. You know, cause the bike lane is just tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm not my anti, but is it like a bike lane Twitter? That's going to cancel you or something. It's like a bike lane, lane movement. No, 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 no. They, there is strong. Wow. Strong I didn't know Twitter. this. I'm talking about on policy aspect. I'm not, I've seen anti- some though. I'm not gonna lie. I did see some like respond to like certain tweets on the bike lane thing. I was like, hmm. Nah, they're strong. Wow. They're strong. And, and I got I got some shit, people. Bro. No, I got, I got, <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, bro, out of out of out of a week, I maybe see like two people on the bike lane. But um fuck them bike lanes. Yeah, man. <laughs> Those bike lanes, man. They're pretty, but listen. All right. That might be the name of the episode, bike lane. <laughs> but we appreciate you uh coming in for this episode, Travis, hundred percent. Appreciate you talking about everything locally, culturally, and just giving your insight on everything. I appreciate you. And yeah, thank you again. Thank you, brother.
Appreciate Much love. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Episode 34, we have it. Cap, and we're out. Love. They gonna love me for my ambition.